0: They mostly come at night. Mostly. This place sure is creepy at night.
1: It's even creepy during the day. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's a type of one good scare. You're going to be just fine.
0: I'm your number one fan. Whatever you do, don't.
2: A second-floor guest room filled with tall ales and taller tales. Join a group of grown men intent on discussing the intricacies of fantasy and science fiction. Tim Gilbert Media presents. Don't Don't we <laughs> <laughs> Got it right to the back of our... Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness. Earthquake.
3: volcanoes from the grave. Human sacrifice. Dogs and
4: cats living together.
1: That's hysteria. Enough. I get the point. They are not men yet. They are dead bodies. Dead? Zombies. The living dead.
5: Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Hello,
2: all you freakish phantasms, garrulous ghouls, and curious, dramatic, This is the Dungeons & Tweeds Podcast. Halloween spooktacular. I'm your host, Bob. Does my face still smell like latex? Crumble lips, crypt digits, Kruger Voorhees the 13th. But I'm not alone. Across the table from me, the man whose mind has been blasted many a time by the color coming out of a dark well, Luke. Hello, everybody. It is exciting to be
4: back here with a secret surprise episode that no matter how hard the common cold tries to take this podcast down we're coming at you let's take off on this thing to my left he's the fred to my shaggy clob good evening kids
6: your old uncle clob here on this all hallows eve it's a dark stormy night as i sit here and read passages from my personal copy of the necronomicon I'll warn you, pretties. I may be feeling the urge to paint a William Shatner mask white to chase a group of teenage camp counselors through the woods, using my supernatural powers to catch them running at a full sprint while I casually walk in my work boots and coveralls, <laughs> dragging Paul's decapitated corpse and scraping my knife glove across the trees, <laughs> chanting, Give me some sugar, baby. <laughs> No longer across the table from me, he's paid dearly for his lack of a plan. Laying in the arms of a murderous demon-possessed doll, he's my friend to the end, the severed head of Paul. How are you tonight, my friend?
3: Well, I feel a little empty. You know, this water I keep drinking, just going right through me. It's a little weird when you were carrying me earlier, that that... You gotta watch where you're throwing my head around, dude. You hit a few trees with it. It, it. My nose is all out of shape, dude. Come
2: on. (laughs) All right, Bob. Wow. Hey, it is Halloween, guys. October 31st. All Hallows' Eve. Happy Sowen to y'all. Ooh, y'all? <laughs> y'all. <laughs> and to you?
3: I feel like samhain in so much happier than Halloween. I don't it know. does, <laughs> yeah, it does
2: have Just, a happy and, ring and, to it, yeah. does it? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, there you go.
3: Happy Sowen <laughs> to you, sir.
2: Good. Happy Samhain. Oh like, oh like my we, gosh. we should be arm in arm walking down the street passing out candy <laughs> to old ladies. Oh my gosh. And a merry Sowen to you. <laughs> Are
6: there salmon carols?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are. Our Probably. pagan listeners can let us know. <laughs> yes. Hang on,
6: let me page the Necronomicon here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but we are here uh. with an extra special episode of a bunch of uh, dark, scary tales out of the Wayback Machine. These Nothing is uh, earlier than the 70s here. We decided to go way back with some early pulp stuff my wheelhouse i love this stuff we're gonna do some uh robert e howard right um i've said on previous podcasts one of my favorite authors uh of all time um h.p lovecraft things are gonna get weird things are really
3: going to get (laughs) weird (laughs) they're always a little weird in this room let's be honest
2: and carl edward wagner if people haven't heard of this guy uh hopefully we'll put him on your radar uh because uh again a really good author But let's get this thing started. We are going to start with a spooky tale. Two spooky tales. Two spooky tales. By author Robert E. Howard.
4: Yeah, after that, uh, we should jump into uh, Carl
2: Edward Wagner after. Right, and then we're going to finish things off with a little sci-fi bent. Finish strong with a little... H.P. Lovecraft. Right, yeah, Lovecraft. yeah. Oh, we, we know there's probably a lot of listeners who are t- tuning in for H.P. Lovecraft, so we're going to save them to the end. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, anyway, starting off, uh, Robert E. Howard. Uh, tell me, did you guys have you guys heard of this author? Besides the rants that I occasionally would go on about, mm-hmm. you guys need to read Robert E. Howard. Uh,
4: no, actually, uh, the only author out of this entire thing I'd ever heard of was H.P. Lovecraft.
2: Right, and I feel like H.P. Lovecraft is kind of, you know, I mean, he's the guy in the cultural zeitgeist Zeitgeist at at the moment right now. I mean, there there are games and and a lot of different things that come out Mm -hmm. around him. So I'm I'm really glad that that Halloween dictionary uh, toilet paper is working for you.
3: Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. (laughs) 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 And, yeah, I know I had never heard of uh, anybody other than Lovecraft myself, but just by reading through some of these now, I I know I already talked to you earlier about, you know, borrowing a book or two about some of these people. So Mm -hmm. it's...
6: And I tend to always go creepy
2: when you're talking about Carl Edward Wagner. (laughs) Uh, He he is not well known, kind of obscure. So I guess if it's kind of hipster to like Mm. H.P. Lovecraft, um, and maybe it's not so much, Robert E. Howard maybe is seen as very pulpy. Mm. Um, You throw out Carl Edward Wagner into conversation, maybe that'll. Yeah. 're like oh increase wow. your hipster level yeah increase hipster level I only drink IPA is by <laughs> by five why uh, <laughs> is everybody looking at me <laughs> and I already got the beard I don't think I need
3: I already got the beard and I rock climb I don't need any more hipster level go I'm pu- good. go put your <laughs> go put your flannel on well okay that might have happened once hey it's chilly
2: it's chilly outside I hear trick-or-treaters already knocking at the door so let's get started with our our first novel
1: white fangs in the throat of life lap up the red that gushes. In the cold dark gloom of the bare black stones, in the gorge where the black wind rushes. Slink where the titan boulders poise and the chasms grind thereunder. Over the mountains black and bare in the teeth of the brooding thunder. Why should we wish for the fertile fields, valley and crystal fountain? This is our doom, the hunger trail, the wolf and the storm-stocked mountain. Over us stalks the bellowing gods where the dusk and twilight sever. Under their iron goatish hooves they crush our skulls forever. Mercy and hope and pity all. Bubbles the black crags asunder. Hunger is all the gods have left, and the death that lurks thereunder. Glut mad fangs in the blood of life to slake the thirst past sating. Before the blind worms mouth up bones, and the vulture's beak is grating.
2: All right. Let's start off with our first short story, "Skulls in the Stars" by Robert E. Howard. I don't. I don't want to make this. I mean, hey, it's Halloween. Let's keep things scary. I don't want to make this all about the authors. We're not going to do big long talks about the authors. But uh, no, that's fine. But we're starting off strong uh, right away uh, with this title here, "Skulls
4: in the Stars." It got it perked my interest right away. Yeah. Forward. Have you got not to focus too
6: much on the authors, but right. have you guys ever actually seen the pictures of Robert E. Howard? Yes. No. Yes. The sweet. Oh, Ro- oh my God! Wow, yes. that is
3: that is awesome.
6: So I'm showing them a picture of Robert. E. And it's it, it, on the Wikipedia page. So Robert E. Howard writes all these Solomon Kane stories. Right. And if you look at the actual picture of Robert E. Howard, he looks like something out of like Al Capone. Yes. Yes. And he does. very much like he's got a vault and a Tommy gun. Somewhere. <laughs> and so I like. I yeah, for, sure.
3: He's, he's for sure. down. He's kicking down the bar door, and he's going to spray this place. Yes, right. But
6: who does he make his hero?
3: He makes his hero this Puritan guy.
2: Right, right. Uh, yeah. So it, we we should we should it should be brought up, you know, and not in any high level of details. There's a lot of podcasts out there. In fact, I'm going to give a shout out to a podcast. If you want to get in depth with Robert E. Howard stuff and occasionally I think some Lovecraft and whatnot, there's a podcast I listen to out there called Chromcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been going through all of the Howard stuff. Um, they get a lot of uh, people on the show that they interview that talk about Howard and uh, authors and things like that. A really great show. And the guys are kind of, Really awesome to listen to. I really like them. So cool. big, big shout out to Chromecast. Uh, check them out. Uh, but Robert E. Howard uh, was writing kind of in the late twenties, early thirties in in these pulp magazines. They'd be these little tiny magazines that you'd go to a, a store, and they're called the pulps because the paper stock that they were printed on was really cheap, so it okay. kept, kept the price Pulpy. really low. Pulpy, right? Um, and you know there'd be a pulp for anything. You could go boxing was really big at the time, so there'd be boxing pulps and romance pulps and horror pulps and yeah, any any kind mm. of pulp you'd want. And so these authors would write these little short stories you know and there'd be a collection of them in these you buy them for really cheap and and you know they were kind of in a constant fight i guess to to write these books or these short stories and get them into the pulps robert e howard you probably heard of his more famous characters like conan the barbarian call the conqueror okay red Sonia, although that's by name not mm-hmm. not really the red Sonia we think of is what he wrote um but Solomon Kane also, yeah, it, I definitely know about all these from you, from yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's all—all yeah.
3: all of those things he's saying. I'm just like, well, yeah, you've told. And you've if you're a, me if you're a
2: child of the '70s and '80s, probably more on your mm-hmm. radar than now. Those, uh, I think, they've suffered from maybe movie adaptations and things, kind of maybe tanking in the public's mind with oh, these characters. Okay. I would stress if you, if all you think in your mind when you think Conan, although I love the movie Conan the Barbarian, but if that's what you think of. Um, that's a Schwarzenegger thing, and not really true to the co- character that Robert okay. brings up. Robert E. Howard was all about this idea. He was born in, or he lived in Texas, um, and he he really had this kind of against civilization type of thing. He always thought that, and if you read all of his stuff, and maybe with the novels that we'll read tonight, this idea that civilization is just a thin mask over barbarism—that like all all humans in their like natural state, all civilizations will deteriorate and crumble back to barbarism. So every once in a while, maybe some civilization pushes its way out of the cesspool mm-hmm. and becomes civilized, but underneath all of that, there's this boiling, you know, anger and, you know, going. They,
4: they built their house on a swamp. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, everything yeah.
2: comes back to this barbarism, and I, I really kind of like that. So when you read his stuff, there's, it's fantasy, but not fantasy like a lot of people are used to. It's got kind of this dark, primeval kind of gut yeah. feeling to it that I really respond to. I yeah, really sure. love yeah. his his kind of writing. So maybe we'll see some of that as we go through this, this yeah. Skull in the Stars.
4: But yeah, it starts off, um, and actually, I don't know I was pretty confused in the beginning of this. and I, I feel like maybe I just wasn't sure who was talking. It starts out, uh, Solomon Cain, he's talking to a child outside of town. Is, is, that, is yeah, that correct? So, yeah, so what I do... I, I do need clari- like clarification on this because I'm like... I'm just trying to, like, buzz through quickly, you know, because... Yeah. I Dun- think Dungeons and Dweebs is in between
2: books right now. <laughs> and so, yeah. so, yeah, like, so what I think is going on here, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, again, you're getting, with these kind of pulp things, you're just dropped into the middle of a story. For, yeah, yeah, you know, definitely, you know, definitely. It's just one of those things you just kind of, you just pick up on this thing.
6: And that was the time period, is these things were written to be sold. Right, yeah. They were written to be sold, they were written to be quick reads that, yep. you know, whether it be grandma or, you know, the newspaper boy could read these things very quickly and enjoy the story and wait for the next in the serial. A lot of them were written as serials, and a lot of them were written as these reoccurring characters who keep, you know, very episodic because obviously there wasn't, you know, TV or there were some Hmm. radio shows and stuff. I I I read about the 20s and 30s. They were
3: written to be very episodic. Was Sherlock Holmes very similar to this, where it was very, like, pulp stories? Because I know Sir Arthur had, like pushed out a lot of these especially when he was kind of broke and really in trouble i like did was was it similar to this or is it more of a high class pulp stories do you guys know that i, I, so. I have no idea it was kind of, I'll i'll jump in
6: here on Thank this you, one English and, guy. yeah yes yeah you are correct is it's the same idea is these were being published in magazines and newspapers and things like that at the time more uh episodic than we would think of as right. serial think you know I think the first couple seasons of both Star Trek the original series and Star Trek right. Next Generation where yeah. it's the planet of the week. Yeah. Right. So it's the mystery of the week, <laughs> it's the adventure of the week. It's not so much okay. the the next story takes place right after this story. Yeah, it's right. more this is the adventure this time.
3: Well and that's and that's what I loved about uh, the Sherlock Holmes series is a lot of those were just, you know. I could go in and read it, and that's the same with this story. When I started reading it, I could just jump right in.
2: And Robert E. Howard uh, notes uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle as being one of one of the people that he read, really liked. I do kind of feel, and maybe I'm wrong at this, but kind of my reading of, of this era is there was kind of maybe Sir Arthur Conan Doyle would be kind of on a level that was acceptable, like, hey, this is acceptable literature, whereas... Uh, at the time Lovecraft and Howard really weren't getting paid their due. This was cheap, the cheap dime store stuff. That yeah. although I would say having read Doyle and everybody else, I think this stuff is although shorter on a par with. It was it, you know, it was seen as that more trashy dime store kind of stuff, you know. Well, and you're looking at a distinct
6: difference in cultures too. Right. You're looking at Conan Doyle who is British and he, mm-hmm. it, it's it's being written as the british pulp story versus mm-hmm. now right. we have uh howard who's more american yeah who's writing yeah. the who's writing the american story and yeah. so it's going to be dirtier it's not going to be as you know as as clean and as uppity as Do- as conan doyle right. was right. but i i'm glad you pointed out that howard points out co- uh conan doyle yeah. because it is it is kind of that same idea It's yeah. that same allowing the reader to jump in with this character maybe not knowing the character before right. but you get you do get a nice flesh out at the beginning of every one of these stories right to tell you okay this is who these people are and then you both of them are very good at right. showing you the character rather than just telling you well, he was a good guy it's no we <laughs> yeah. get we get the actions yeah. we get right, right yeah. from the beginning here when he's talking to the kid and or when solomon kane is talking to the kid right at the beginning of the story we have that like dark gritty you, you know this guy is you know yeah tough tough tough,
3: yeah he's he's tough and he's seen some things yeah exactly
2: but and this is the start of again i mean we started dungeons and dweebs we're a bunch of nerds you know and i you know and i feel like if you consider yourself a person who likes this kind of heroic you know what's kind of in the culture right now heroes and things it starts here you owe it to yourself to go back i mean uh Howard really, I think, is the father of modern fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, these ideas of sword and sorcery, uh, kind of things. It's like him and Michael Moorcock and a few others that I would say, these are the these are the godfathers, the grandfathers yeah, I mean, of this. And but so if you, you're into it, you need you deserve to go or owe it to yourself to go back and check these guys out. And I would say they're accessible. They don't feel Rusty, You know, when you read this stuff, there's still energy in this writing. It doesn't Mm -hmm. feel stuffy or like it's a pain to slog through. Yeah, not at all. No.
6: And I like how, you know, right away here in the beginning, I feel this Howard's vibe coming across. Mm -hmm. And I really took a, you know... Like young Van Helsing vibe from here, oh, like Stoker. I, I could see him. Draw, I could see I him drawing on. Down. Yeah, I could yeah. see him drawing on. You know, Stoker and drawing on some of those. You know, cultural
4: images right away. Yeah, to, yeah, get, just, to give us to give us who that who who he wants his who yeah. he wants his character to be. Yeah, just what what even what I was imagining was like I mean just to bring it like to something more modern was like the the movie Dracula Untold and Van Helsing. Yeah, that, that's what I had in my brain yeah, during this. Definitely, um, it, it painted a very good picture. Um, if you if you're if you're going back if you've never read this, just give it a chance. It's gonna like if if you're like me, it's gonna be a little hard to get into, but once you're into it, mm-hmm. the writing is weird, but it the way it flows, the Picture
2: it paints is the the payoff is unreal. right, right. Unbelievable. and we, and we are uh, starting out here with a very short kind of little very um, short very there, short there there are longer pieces that would give you more what you would think is a, as fleshed out character development here um, but let's get into this you'd ask kind of the questions so what's going on here again we're just dropped in and Solomon Kane is like traveling down this road he's trying to go to this place called Torkertown Torkertown Torker if if there's one thing that i kind of go what i don't know about the name you of Torkertown You know
4: that uh <laughs> pa- Paul back me up here uh was that a bad guy in Skyrim or those horkers I think they're horkers Horkers the the big like bad yeah.
2: um To Horkertown you go to Horkertown <laughs> and Horker, play they're horkers.
4: like big bad like what what am i thinking of sea lions yeah, seals like walrus. 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 walrus walrus yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's all i was thinking of <laughs> I, Horkertown. I like the name. Yeah. yeah,
3: it was just one of those.
6: Torgertown almost sounds to me like it's you know it's the next town over from Halloween Town.
4: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it does. You know, yeah, we there's... can't afford rent over in Halloween Town. We live in yeah. <laughs>
2: Tor. But like the old Hallmark movies. But anyway, uh, we're introduced to Hel- uh, Solomon Kane who. Who is, you know, this great name structure by the oh, way God, loves yeah. Solomon Cain. Yeah, because yes. Solomon like the wise king. Yes. Right? And and has carries a Christian connotation, but yet there's Cain, the first murderer. Yes. Well, and I'll even point it out here too, yeah. When you go into uh,
6: you know, your dark, your mm. demons, your there is the old uh poem Solomon Grundy. Mm, solomon no. grundy born on a monday no. I, and it goes through the entire thing he's not just a batman villain folks it was a <laughs> the batman villain was based on this old poem yeah and so i anytime that solomon comes up i get you get you get the bible i get the <laughs> I, I get the dark
2: i you know i get the yep. darker aspect of the right. name solomon get, yeah. I'll get, I'll get. well 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 and i see and i get i get from this though that um, what we're, what I think Howard is setting up because he's a Puritan, right? Which, which, you know, a strongly religious kind of, I mean, these Puritans, uh, you know, cause this book, we don't get a time period where we where this is being set in, no. you know, but I'm assuming we're somewhere in the 15, 16 hundreds, you know, when, when, this is happening. Um, and so I'm getting this look at like kind of a big Pilgrimy hats and everything yeah. like that, you know, the. Well, and I
6: mentioned on our last podcast that one of the things I do every fall is I reread Arthur Miller's The Crucible. Yes. And so this was what was in my head. Mm -hmm. Like you said, this Puritan aspect. There's a character in there called Reverend, um, excuse me, in The Crucible called Reverend Hale. Yeah. Who... When I talk about it, I, or I do my other stuff with the Crucible, I always refer to him as, you know, Captain Puritan. Like, what if Captain America was a Puritan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Solomon Cain is what if the Punisher was a
4: Puritan? Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> And, a, yeah, and I like a this. brilliant description. Perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. And it is perfect. And I like this because he's unyielding. He's yeah. unbending. So he's got this, like, faith. It, it immediately sets him up where these books are going to always have this, like, uh, powers of darkness and Satan versus, you know, uh, his interpretation of he's doing God's will. But it's very interesting. It's deeper than what a person would think because a lot of these Solomon Cain things, uh, short stories, set up this weird dichotomy where he's he's forced to make, like, snap judgments on people. Like, well... You're gonna go to hell anyway. And so I'm gonna kill you. Like, you <laughs> know, like it's it and for a modern reader, you're kinda like, so is so- he is the punisher. You're going, so am I with him or am I not Actually, with you know, him? You know what, I, He's not, an ideologue. Yeah, I'm gonna
4: will. I'm gonna side with Claude more on him being a more like punisher type than yeah. uh, some sort of man of God, because I never yeah. even, I never felt that with yeah. him. Yeah. No, I mean, you a definite a definite hero. Yeah. But his um the motivations behind you, being a hero are kind you,
2: of you won't from the, these books there are other ones and, uh, that, oh, is and right? it's funny and because it's these originally appeared in weird tales uh, the, the you know the, the pulp weird tales mm-hmm. and they a lot of times were very kind of uh, also sexually charged for men and stuff like that so there's other ones where you know like you know the buxom lass is really trying to fawn all over him yeah. and he's like Sweating and resisting it all because you know he will not give in to the temptation. You know, so
6: Solomon Kane meets Tika.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what it feels
6: like. A so time. we're at the crossroads here. We're at the crossroads. The, we yes. have
2: not
4: moved off yeah. this crossroads. The, the literal crossroads. Yes, mm-hmm.
6: right. Solomon Kane is talking to this
2: boy about right. which way to go. Right, and the boy the boy oh. warns him that there's two roads to go on: the
4: swamp or the moors. The swamp
2: or the moors, and he, he said even though the the swamp way is longer, go. Uh, don't go the moor route because what's on the moor? Satan himself. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets right in the text. Right. The, boy,
6: the boy talks about it's haunted. Nobody ever comes back that road. We think Satan lives. Yeah, down. yeah,
2: exactly. And I, I like immediately kind of this darkness that's kind of set up, you know, g- you go through the swamp mm-hmm. even though it's really horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love
6: the fact that he just bucks up and is like, all right, well, there's something evil over there.
2: i got to go kill it. Right. No, no, no. Go to the
4: swamp. There's this weird guy. He's yeah. really weird, but you could probably stay at his
2: house. Yeah. Old man Ezra. Yeah, there's an old man who old lives man in the uh, swamp, and his cousin Gideon. Gideon. who was a- a-
4: Ain't nobody heard from Gideon yeah. in some town. Because he was
2: a maniac, and he ran off and was mm. never heard again and presumed dead in the swamp. It's funny, this weird kind of, we're balancing things. He's saying moors and everything, and we don't know where to- Torkertown is, but we're presuming it's somewhere in Europe right oh, but at yeah, the same time yeah. some of this swamp stuff with Ezra makes me almost feel like I'm in Louisiana <laughs> at the same time and see I
6: didn't took Europe I didn't take Europe at all I took yep. colonial I took pre-colonial America yeah, I think oh. we're
2: supposed to think he's in Europe and especially because this kind of continues I think with the, the next one we're doing left uh, right hand of doom which I think references oh, okay. France the, Yeah, so, they reference France and yeah. the
3: Spanish Inquisition and yeah. a lot of those
2: things so I always thought it, it was should Europe. be said Solomon Cain though does like travel all over the place he's in Africa for a lot of his books really uh, that you read, yeah. And actually, I will throw this out to anybody who's looking at getting into any Howard stuff. Do know he was writing at the time in the twenties, oh, and yeah. Howard does have racial baggage that goes along uh, with him. So some of his Pro- you know, product, product of the time. He is a product of the time, so you have to kind of put on these like sit back. I'm you know from a, a future looking at kind of an old school author writing.
6: So we get you know. this info dump. Um, there's no houses in the moor. Swamp Road, this old Ezra and his maniac cousin Gideon. It, it,
4: it's it's a bit of a a bit of a tip of the hat. Like I, I kind of know where you're going at yes. this point.
2: Yeah, it's a little foreshadowed. But I, I'm surprised. It's, looked, it's a lot of foreshadow. I'm surprised that you didn't get kind of Man of God off of this because even Cain tells this kid that well, everything is evil and and uh, a strong man is needed to combat Satan and his might. Like everything he says feels very, like, it, heavy-handed you know what, dirty, really and even I, I feel physical. Like that, that and, was it, though. And not so much... Yeah. Like, well, and...
6: Not, not that he's not a man of God, but it's just... It, it's that growling, you know, Punisher Batman
2: justice. Yeah. Well, I think because we <laughs> don't ever...
6: It's think just, of... that's that's his... That's his just... You know, that's his uh, scheme for right. justice. Well,
2: because I think in our minds, it's really hard to see, like, man of God... Action hero, vampire slayer, like yeah, together yeah. as one kind of unit. You know, those se- things s- don't seem to go together. You know, um, but I feel like we learn everything we need to know about Cain in this opening. You like, do. okay, you yeah. know, hey, oh, yeah, it's very, it's, and we have beat this one to death. But this is like just a, a paragraph. Yeah, and you're already in. You're you know the the scene has been set. You know who Kane is, and you're kind of ready to go off on this this fantastic journey. And so he
4: goes to the Moors.
2: Yeah, yeah. And a moon rises like a skull in the stars. So almost immediately, you get kind of where this title has come from. (laughs) Exactly. Roll credits. I do (laughs) want to mention this. I love the illustrations.
3: Oh yeah, actually, like the book that. We got these. This from has some
4: great illustrations of Sup- Solomon. And super cool. I guess I don't. I don't really. I'm not a big, you know, art theory guy. But it's it's super
2: like scratchy. I really yeah. like that. Right. Who's yeah. The, uh, do you... Just so everybody's clear on this, the skull in the stars was first published in Weird Tales in in January of 1929. So you could look up you know what that looks like, but. I would say any listener out there who's looking at getting into uh, Howard, uh, that Ballantine Books, Del-, Del Rey has put out just some amazing... They, they took every scrap the man ever wrote uh, and has collected them into these these novels. And they have uh, artists that do depictions throughout them. Uh, they're really nice books mm. and all kinds of backstory and, and things like that. Um, so I would look up the Savage Tales of Solomon Cain. It's on it's on uh Amazon. And uh they're really good books. Yeah. And they're kind of the definitive I would say the definitive version of these. There are some exceedingly high price, we're talking three hundred dollar Versions by a company called Lone Star or something like that that do small batches out of England forget that <laughs> uh, but, but these Del Rey versions are, are really nice.
6: So he decides to go on the road because there's evil down here And I'm I am the man who fights evil. He yep. decides to go on this road And I love the language in here, too oh, I will God, say yeah. these descriptions that Howard gives us the road was dim from disuse, but was clearly defined Cain went mm. swiftly, but warily Stars blinked out, and the night winds
4: whispered among the grass like weeping specters. Mm. Yeah. yeah, something, I, something, something it that, gives that would, you would normally, normally picture. Yeah, something that would normally trip me up, and yet flows so nicely. I, I, you know,
2: I, I agree with you, Luke. It's, that it's excessive adjectives,
4: but like in the best way.
2: Yeah, it, yeah. If if there's one thing about Howard's writing is he is super flowery, mm. and in some ways almost describes things to death. But there's I'll go back to that kind of dark primeval way he does it. You know, I am not rejecting this like to me this it, it's it's very accessible and i'm loving all of it Ex- I, I love he's that. super
6: flowery but it's black roses yeah it is black <laughs> it is <laughs> black so roses good, so good.
2: sprouting from my chest i just <laughs> yeah i love it i love it so he hears the sound of a terrible struggle right and uh and it and and he decides to uh, to approach Yes, you know, yeah, and
6: I, I absolutely oh, love like And it's this describe, and the amazing. sounds of the scru- uh, of the struggle here. They're peeled a whisper of frightful slaughter, mm-hmm. and the you know he hears the sound and the language again. Here, I'm going to keep bringing this up yeah. for the entire time for Solomon Gay. They're peeled a whisper of frightful slaughter, and he talks about the
3: laughter that's mm-hmm. with it. Right. He really goes in depth on that laughter, and that really just kind of brought a chill. Like mm-hmm. I, I could really right. imagine it, and just mm, yeah, yeah, no mirth in it. It's only
6: hatred and horror and soul destroying terror. Right. Awesome. Yeah, let's walk this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly.
4: Yeah. <laughs> but well, when I, I'm Captain Puritan. No. But, no, but what no. I like Peer about it, though, the no, he,
2: he is so like stoic and just, mm-hmm. like, and that's what I get about him is that maybe it's his religion or whatever. None of this scares him, mm-hmm. right? Like where everybody else uh, in the this Solomon Kane world that we will meet even seems to be like. Uh, uh, tossed about by, like, superstitions and stuff, and they're scared of everything. He seems to be very, like, arrow-straight, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, Satan sent him. I'm going to go kick his butt. (laughs) You know, like, and I don't even care. Like, all of this stuff is happening, and he seems to be kind of a rock in the midst of this storm. And then the the guy who has been being mutilated, right, or being attacked comes up to him, and he's just... Destroying mm-hmm. uh, the well, as, soon as, as, too. as soon as
6: the scream starts, he actually starts running towards the fray. Yeah. He starts running <laughs> yeah. towards the fray, and at one point, Ashley starts shouting. To yeah. help, he, he shouted, striving to
2: increase the speed. So I just have the great picture of him <laughs> going, I'm
6: coming! Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah.
2: Like, I mean, he is ready to fight. I love this. So this <laughs> is cool. The, the guy comes up to him, and he's all just ripped out and hashed um, and dies. Uh, and then yes. Kane is aware that he's being watched. And he sees the creature. I, I just love how this mm-hmm. creature is described. And I love how there wasn't really a description of the, cr-
3: like a creature. When I think yeah. of a creature, I think of like a physical shape. Like I loved.
6: Yeah, this, this seems to be like
2: some sort of phantasm, vaporous mm-hmm. yeah, misty, creature, yeah, misty, sort misty sort of. that he can't really stab. But what I love about it is Kane at this point kind of knows he's going to bite it. Like they start getting into this struggle Mm -hmm. and Cain knows that he's gonna die in some ways and He doesn't care. Yes. Like if he he must, if he must die, he would die in his
6: tracks. Wounds in front. That's what i heck Yes, I love this.
4: Wounds in front. That's that's super old school. Like he's just like worried about like his legacy of like whoever finds his body. Like
2: oh, he was attacked from the back fleeing. No. Yeah. No. No. When they find my body, they will see me eviscerated. Yeah. (laughs) Something
4: about this this, this misty creature attacking him. Really, it, it spelled vampire for me. But my uh my, my introduction into vamp- vampirism was uh back in the PlayStation two days. I played a lot of it's called Legacy of Cain. Uh Kane, uh it was super cool. I I don't know if you're into like that generation of games, go check it out. It's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh Misty Vampire fighting him and he seems like but he can't seem to like find like no um purchase on the on the thing while right. he's fighting it.
6: But then, yeah, he shoots it. He swings
4: with his was, sword. And and he goes, alright, let's I, go. I, I
3: yeah. love how he goes through every weapon he has. He,
2: he shoots his pistol. He yeah. shoots his other pistol. Sword, go. Right. Great. Nothing works. I'm just going to start. But this, like, if you like this, this is exactly Howard. This is, again, that stripping away of, mm. of civilization. We're going to use the guns first, the top level of civilization at the time. Throw those away. We're down to knives and swords. Those don't work. We are stripping down to now the bare bones of primeval humanity. We are going fist to fist. And fist I to love this fisticuffs and haymakers yeah <laughs> and again <laughs> this is the time when boxing is king so people are like yeah oh,
0: yeah i remember how this was yeah
2: you know i, I like all this but uh they go just toe to toe and all of a sudden the creature starts gibbering at him and he can understand in some mm. way or thinks he can almost understand what's what's being said by this creature and he's terrified by it and boom pretty much seen seen it go fade to black fade yeah to black. how did that end you know and we end up, or we begin, in the hut of old Ezra the miser—the way he should have gone. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and again, if there's if there's one thing that I'd like more of is, I mean, we instantly switch and really don't know what's what's going yeah. on here. I, I love the mystery.
6: Yeah. Very well written. And I am such a disturbed person that I am <laughs> the hut of old Ezra the miser. I immediately went to the Gene Hackman scene from Young Frankenstein.
2: <laughs> 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 Come I in, my friend. <laughs> That's Uh-oh. funny. I get his name kind of conjures that kind
4: of. <laughs> <topic>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really I'm feeling like almost like you know the the last five minutes of Scooby Doo or uh, you know wrapping up something from Sherlock where our our hero our main character knows something and he's
2: right just about to like flaunted. Yeah. Super good. I love it. He li- lives in this mossy, decayed old hut, and he's all gnarled and bent and mossy himself, right? Yeah, very, um, very good description. But instantly, we're there. We're with Kane, and we've got villagers with him. Um, and he, he's telling Ezra about the the attack, right? Yes. Um, I like this. Cain is often referred to in two different types of animal. And Howard's famous kind of for doing this. He'll describe his main characters with animal imagery. Um, oh, and yeah, so yeah. with Cain, he'll do bird-like. He does a lot of bird-like or, m- like, rangy wolf kind of descriptions, right? Like a ravenous mm-hmm. wolf in some ways. So you get this, like, he's not... He's not a conan he's not broad and powerful he's almost thin and gaunt but yet with this rangy power to him yes right um and all and then these bird-like descriptions like he's hawkish so i, I actually kind of see a guy like with a big nose yeah, in some yeah, ways exactly. you know what i'm exactly, saying yeah you know that like kind of a condor or a hawk yeah not your typical muscular hero i mean i love this because i mean we're talking the 20s and late 20s and he's going just totally against type i mean you got a religious puritan that looks like a hawk and mm. you know what i mean is but he's your hero right um Kane sees everything as a battle between the powers of light and hell. Um, I like this kind of stoic, unwaveringness. It, it makes him really cold and undetached, and I don't know if we're really supposed to identify with him. Well, and I, I don't, you know, I don't think we're
6: supposed to identify with him. I think it is yeah. supposed to be harken back to uh, Sherlock Holmes, Arthur Colin Doyle, where he is the man above.
2: Yeah, and okay. he yeah. is the okay. smart.
6: He is the smartest
2: man in the room, and now I'm going to explain things to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's a big reveal to Ezra. The monster whispered the truth to him, uh, and he asks Ezra to come with him to the rotting oak on the moors. The moor. Yeah. And
5: that's
3: where Ezra goes a little man.
2: Loses his mind, says yeah. he's not going to go, and the men have to grab him, and they they bring him up uh, and stand him by the old oak, right? And then they tie him up to it.
5: Yeah.
3: Right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. They,
2: they tie him, and... Yeah, it's
3: it's... I will say, this is where Kane becomes the judge and jury here.
1: Yeah. Or oh, definitely. He,
3: he will not listen to he probably he won't listen to anybody else but himself at this right. point. No, and we have to
6: destroy lose. this evil. It's your fault. The only way to destroy this evil is to kill is to have it kill you. Therefore, right. you're dead. Yeah.
2: And there is that high mindedness here, like you said, Klav, where he's the smartest man in the room. Nobody questions him. No, I mean they just cool. all like, yeah. I mean, you're Solomon King? yeah. past judgment, yep. Yeah. <laughs> We're tying Ezra to the tree, you know, right. Um, Kane says that the Phantom told him that Ezra was cruel to him and that he murdered him. Uh and the boy crawls up a bit into cleft in the tree and retrieves a skull. And we find out that the creature is the cousin that Ezra had from way back at the beginning of yeah. the I shouldn't say way back. No. From yeah. a couple
6: pages back. Yeah. <laughs> a year and, and I like Howard's call-out here because you have Ezra in his panic of please don't kill me no, 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 you're the one with Satan, Solomon Cain. Yeah. And Solomon Cain just looked, and Cain folded his arms. That's the only thing that's <laughs> Like, like just, oh really? <laughs>
2: you can't pull that one on me. <laughs> Uh, the Cain K- uh, explains that the ghost is made real by its hate,
5: mm-hmm.
6: and
2: it cannot find its killer and can't tell one man from another, so it just slays everybody. In hopes of getting the one who wronged it. Uh, right, yeah. right. And I, lo- I like yes. this, because now all of a sudden you've turned this monster into kind of a sympathetic creature. Mm-hmm. Like, it's instantly instantly turned from a horrible creature into, in some ways, sympathetic. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, right. Um, so... Cain uh, Kane, Kane sim- sentences him, him to a vigilante-style death, die at the hands of his cousin. I do like
3: how Kane said, though, loosen... I think it's somewhere along the lines of loosen the strap, so yeah. it's, it's not an execution. It's more, I'm keeping yeah. you out here until the night...
2: And then if you get away, yeah. you got away. Yeah, I, they kinda, he kind of tries to tie, time it out a little bit. Like, yeah. w- loosen him a little bit. Like, enough so that he can work his way free by
6: nightfall. Yeah. He, he, well, of course, he has the opportunity for salvation.
4: Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. No, Solomon Cain has the has an excuse to like wipe his conscience clean. That's what that is. Yeah, absolutely. it is. Yeah, yeah. Like, because I can walk away from be, this and because
6: it. he's not responsible. Then he gave Ezra the chance for
2: salvation. Yeah, and In if mind. God, and if God, In if, if God will. wills it, if God wills it, he'll escape from them. Mm-hmm. That that, yeah, and, I I, think I, that's what and again
6: thinking. with this language, with this language that Howard uses, at these words, Ezra's brain shattered. Yeah, <laughs> I love that gr- brain, brain shattering, brain shattering, and you just see the guy melting.
2: Yep, and <laughs> he's he like, screamed. "Oh God!" Then again, he screams something about skulls being in the stars. There are skulls in the stars. Um, That's the name of the book. The, again, the name <laughs> of the story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we end with the the shapes of both Ezra and the Phantom silhouetted against the moon. They come together, and we hear uh, vicious laughter. Right. Ooh. So, um, but there's kind of a weird thing because we hear this vicious laughter. Are we supposed to feel that? that it's the monster finally gaining victory.
4: That's what I took it as. I'm going to yeah. go to I'm um,
2: something and I'm going I'm boy going back to the Chromecast. I listened to what they had to say about this. Um interesting little insight. They were like, "Well, but did the spirit become free, right, uh, of the cousin and then Ezra becomes the new creature?" Like that's the laughter of, like, hmm. "Oh, he, like, there's the sounds of him like I was being killed." Well,
4: I don't I don't know And that. then I like <laughs> like now
2: Ezra there will always be a creature on the moors who are killing people, I, or I, is I don't know Gideon, that. or is Gideon no longer restricted to
4: the moors and he can fly off and go wherever he wants? Oh, I would accept that one more. I feel like Solomon Cain would never leave. You yeah. Know, if- I know there's evil here. I'm gonna yeah, open this road. Yeah. I do I'm gonna stay
2: here till I open this yeah. road. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do struggle. I do feel that uh yeah, R. E. H. uh would want to close R-E-H. this circle. sorry. <laughs> would would like would like to close this yeah. circle. <laughs> right? Like the, this is the end and there's there's very certain rules that are happening yeah. here. It's it's either, it's either yeah. the
4: victory of Gideon, or it is um, the howling wailings of a madman as he dies. Yeah,
2: right. So, what are your final thoughts on the first uh, foray into pulp fiction? Holy crap! <laughs> I love Solomon Kane. Yeah. <laughs> Same <laughs> here. I
3: love Solomon Kane, and I, I love
4: the writer. This is great. I'm I, I, really enjoying myself. I, I would, really, I would these. really describe it as like the, the first hill on a roller coaster. Where it's like there's a little bit of a struggle to like. Ingrain yourself into it, but once you're there, it's just a wild ride and it's awesome. Right. Well, and I
6: could see this, and from reading some of the other stories, too, I. I want Sci Fi Channel to series this. Yeah. Hey, it should Give be me a movie. half an hour, yeah. hour long yeah. series like the old Dresden Files or something.
3: I'd be worried, like always.
6: You know, but... I,
2: well, you should be. Uh, they did make a Solomon Kane movie. I, I wouldn't say ever look it up. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 Howard's stuff, I think, because again, it carries with it baggage of being kind of this old 20s pulpy serial and a lot of people don't understand it, kind of can be, get made into of like the back burner schlock. A lot of times and is isn't given the due that I think it deserves. Um, but, hey, Marvel in the 70s did it some service, and Solomon Cain would appear as kind of little short titles at the end of uh, Savage Sword of Conan mm-hmm. and things like that. So um, if any readers are interested, we'll put it up on the on our website. So go to our website, but um, there's some Savage Sword of Conan novels that, that will will do artwork for these and it, some mm. of them are pretty cool it's it's i i feel like it's it's it does the the writing
4: justice so well because i bob brought this over i started flipping through it, and i knew immediately when it had switched like i knew like this is solomon Kane.
2: yeah right exactly so so um I'll I'll put some little snippets of there so you can see what their version of Skull and the Stars. If there's anything that I have a problem with Skull and the Stars, the Marvel version is that uh, the artist there, Ralph Reese, depicted the monster as like this weird, Tooth- large, yeah. large toothy mouth demon thing, which yeah. is not what's in the the, the Solomon Kane uh, story. Uh, but they do a really good job with our next novel, which mm. we're getting into now. The short story, The Right Hand of Doom. So I feel uh, the Right Hand of Doom is almost a continuation then oh um, for sure
4: cuz he where do we end up Torker town
2: Torker town right he's still going through tor- through Torker town um it should be said that although the last book we went through, our, our story, was in Weird Tales. The Right Hand of Doom was never published. Really? Uh, yeah, what? until much later, yeah. They found, like, uh, I might be wrong about this. Oh, like, it, my, it came out
4: way later. No, yeah,
2: to my mind, uh, as far as I know, there's a bunch of writings of REH that never saw the light of day. They kind of found a trunk of his stuff. Oh, funny. Yeah, and uh, and this got put out, I believe, in the 70s in something called Red Shadows or or whatever, but it's, it's a very short one. Very short. Um, but we open... To this tavern scene where this mad John Redley is just laughing it up. He's got his bag of gold out, and they're hanging a necromancer in Town.
4: Yeah, and I, I'm honestly, I am just, I'm immediately on board. Like a necromancer, that's super, super cool. Super I, I love. Cool. I mean, like it's already kind of like weird, dark, creepy Van Helsing, uh, yep. Dracula Untold for me. And then we got a necromancer. Awesome. But should you really kill a necromancer? I <laughs> That's kind of like what I was wondering that is, too. Was I like, like almost verbatim have that written down. Like
3: hang, hang a necromancer? You sure you don't want to like I don't know,
4: burn, burn it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I, exactly. I, feel, uh, I feel like you're just gonna make him more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
2: and I feel that Solomon Kane would be the guy who would know this. Yeah. But but Solomon Kane doesn't care. What I like is you got this John Redley who's like laughing it up, drinking at the bar, talking about how uh, how he got all this money and they're they're gonna hang this guy. And then he kind of asks Solomon Cain, you know, kind of his thoughts, and Solomon Cain is just kicking back and really just stares him down and is like, you were his best friend. And you betrayed him for a sack of, uh, of money, right? Yeah. Well, I love you the know? imagery
6: here, too, because we don't we don't know that Solomon Cain's even in the room at the beginning. At the, the beginning, the real, no, very no, true. And, very and then true. all of a sudden, you just ask the, we ask the stranger, and you get the whole like chair wheel around thing about, <laughs> you were his best friend.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Again, we have this this puritanical, just a, a right or wrong, like, yeah, you're hanging a necromancer, yeah, but you sold him out. Like, he is very, so yeah. cut and dried, right or wrong. Yeah, that pretty much is what he's going to say, is that, yeah, the necromancer is going to burn in hell because he's a necromancer, but so are you. Yeah, yeah it's, you know, it's you're, you're, you're even his, worse. You're even worse for what he did. Yeah. His
6: sin does not... Negate your yes. sin. Yeah,
2: exactly. And this is again where we get this this weird hero uh, that is, you know, very uh, I I, get, I don't know if you'd say biblical, but you know, Puritan. I mean, he him mm-hmm. being a Puritan is very I, well I, I and very much. I and I took a biblical, st- uh, like
6: a biblical and a Dante stand here too, mm. because of the fact that the lowest, lo- the ninth ring of hell is for those who betrayed their who, their friends or their
2: God. Uh. Judas uh. is in the ninth ring of uh, hell, so he's a Judas. Well, and you have the allusion to almost thirty pieces of silver. Yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. I will say the description of the fellow is just
3: the evil faced fellow. You kind of can tell right off of that, right from (laughs) there, that okay.
6: You're not supposed to like this guy at at all. But on the same route, we've all known this guy. Well, yeah, definitely. We've all known this guy who's who's been your friend or who has been a friend and for whatever reason has completely sold you out out of the blue, and you're like, what the hell?
2: Right, and again, I love love how uh, uh, Robert Howard kind of writes about redly, and how his movements are smooth and cat-like. Again, almost driving home Mm -hmm. with the description like he's you know how you don't really trust a cat. Maybe there's cat people out there who do, but you kind of don't necessarily trust that cat. I mean, like, I consider myself thinking? a cat person, but I I wouldn't say that I don't trust a cat. Well, well you know, what, you know, like, but if you look at cat, if yeah, you no, look at I, cats like, versus cat... dogs, you know, dogs are always seen as like loyal or whatever, and and cats sometimes have that baggage that comes with them about like, well, they look, they're looking at you like, it, either feed me or I'll eat you you know what I'm saying like there's this untrustworthiness to well account. and it's it's the slyness of it all yeah it's the it's the slyness it's, it's the yeah. slyness. It's the, un, the untrusting yeah that's what I'm trying aspect
6: to get at, yeah. of I don't know if I really trust he may be an okay person to sit down and have a drink with,
2: but I'm going to check yeah. my coin purse. That kind of slinkiness, yeah. okay. how they yeah. you know yeah. how, how like you know a dog comes in the room and you know they're there and the cat kind of slinking around the corner of the couch. <laughs> you know like that. he's kind of slinky and sly, I guess is what I'm going at. Not saying I hate cats, okay? I've got one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Redley goes up to the bar then Because pretty much I think we're supposed to take it Cain just kind of stands up and leaves we're, yeah. we're not told this You know But everything's very brief and fast here well, And Redley goes up to the bar And talks to the tavern owner And the tavern's just like Pretty much like Why uh, you're lucky That you didn't just get killed there Because that's Solomon Cain and, uh, and that's, and that's when, yeah, that's is that the reveal? That's when we
3: find out too that Solomon Kane is also sleeping in this in this bar, yeah. this area. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It should be said they're not in Torker Town. No. They're on the road to yep. Torker Town, sleeping in this. Inn. Okay, and you know, it's, it's actually yep.
4: that's kind of left very vague until I feel like until the
2: end. I think you don't know it until we get kind of the reveal of what's crawled into the room. True. And okay, they yeah, talk yeah, yeah, they yeah, yeah. talk about that he thinks there's bandits on the road yeah. and that they've come I, in. As long yeah. as we're talking about it, everybody goes everybody goes to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're all and God do I love this. The sound of uh, of claws outside and, and shutters being yeah. opened. I mean we, we just
4: we just came away from like some battle with some like creature demon in the moors. Yeah, exactly. And this
6: and this wonderful description here too where it's, you know, Solomon Cain is well he's a light sleeper because when you deal with the stuff he deals with you must
2: be a light sleeper. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I mean, you got to fight it all night long and then yeah.
2: yeah. And I, again I love it, it's it's almost dawn. Like it's just about coming to be dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he, he goes, opens up the shutters and he, and he sees that whatever it is has gone into the room next to him. Yeah. yeah the, I mean, the shutters next door are open. Yeah. yeah. Are, are open. Yeah. So he, he bursts into the neighboring room and this is when we'd find out we're in the inn because he, you know, on the road, because he's like, well, I, I do it all the time kind of because, you know, there's bandits out there and, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think, I think somebody's robbing the guy next to me and, and who's in bed? Who's Tra- the trader guy? Trader guy John Redley, is, John Redley is laying in in, in bed, and uh, I love it because he's snoring, and on the window is this giant spider. Right. Well, yeah. a, a hairy. I, it, he, the they descri- call it like a giant spider at yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. So that's what it puts in your mind. The description of it is very odd. If you pay attention, it's odd. odd because they say then it, it it trail. It comes off the window. It leaves. Like kind of a trail, it's not yeah, said that yeah, it's you like oozy. Yeah, yeah. But it's all very it's all very atmospheric and you're like, What? Well, and it's, then about how it's, it's kinda of clumsily moving across the yeah. floor on five digits. And so if you're paying attention, I think he tries to throw your mind off at first I did, yeah, it's well, the, by the saying hair, it's a
4: spider. The hair and the ooze.
2: Yeah. And well, remember the yeah. time
6: frame here. It's barely dawn, there's just that little bit of you can it, barely it's shadowy. Yeah. barely see yep. you
2: just woke up and burst into the next room with in yep. your underwear with your sword. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what I think is so brilliant about what Howard does here, this whole story is like 6 pages long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's incre- it's, incredible. it's incredibly short and very brief, and I think what he's trying to do there is instantly in just a few lines in your mind create the it's a spider. Oh wait, it's moving weird. Wait. Five digits? What are you saying? what, what is it trailing behind it? What's it this? trailing behind it? Yeah. And so everything's a mystery to you as a reader, and if you pick up your pace of reading, it's it's just like a horror movie. It kind of climbs up the bed, he's screaming, like Kane is trying to get him to wake up. Redley wakes up just as this thing drops onto his neck. And I just love this description yeah. of how it like crushes his neck bones and his head is just like lolling to the side oh yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's so it's so cool i'm kind of thinking face hugger (laughs) (laughs) of course of course you are (laughs)
6: yeah i'm kind of thinking you know like weird werewolf thing from the adams yeah right
2: yeah
4: (laughs) (laughs) but i mean this 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 hand just crushes this guy's neck yeah kills him
2: and then like what it just kind of like stops. Right. Well and that's that's like, where we get the reveal that it's a hand. Yeah. Yes. yes. It's a human hand, and you're then you're like what and doesn't Solomon like stab it too? Just to well, make he doesn't sure it. Wait, no, I love the this innkeeper comes up. He no, Solomon stabs it and just like holds it up like a marshmallow in front of him, like, yeah. hey, <laughs>
3: like who's what?
6: this? And again, <laughs> who my, <laughs> lost their hand? But and that the I, the sleepy innkeeper comes up and is just like, what's the commotion going on? And in my in my mind, in our modern day times, yeah, of course, I'm going. Okay, nobody just saw anybody murder this guy. And now yeah. there's another guy in the room with him, and he's dead. Yeah, actually, why it, does nobody? Why, why is it the automatic reference here that Solomon King, after arguing with or after telling this guy off last night, didn't just walk in here and murder him? Yeah, I think it, it's maybe. What
4: if the uh, the the guy knew like well, that's Solomon Cain. Yeah, well, so maybe, exactly. Maybe but his, still, his, reputation his reputation precedes
2: exactly. him. And maybe because he's a demon hunter or whatever. And I feel like maybe we're supposed to think that whatever this world Solomon Cain lives in mm-hmm. is so awash with this kind of thing mm-hmm. that they're uh, so superstitious that well, immediately is... they just see a hand on a sword and they're like, Ah, oh, severed hand. Must have crushed his throat. Go throw it in the fire. Look, like, that's immediately what, what this guy thinks. And rereading the... Co- and, you know, Because <laughs> you're right. Why didn't he, like... Solomon Cain just stabbed him. Like Why yeah, didn't yeah, he think or, that? Well, and rereading... Something.
6: Rereading this um, in the Conan aspect, because this mm-hmm. is another one that shows up in the Conan comics. Yep. It does give a great picture here of the innkeeper going, Well, what's going on? What did you do to him? And then Solomon
2: Cain turns around with a hand on a sword, and he goes, Oh, God, burn it!
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah right.
2: Oh, and I want to bring up this because I will talk about it at the end. Then the hand is wearing a ring that is like a coiled serpent, um, and mm-hmm. that's a big deal. And I still, well, you know, it, it but, would
4: be, but this is this has a very old timey writing style to it, and everything is just about to be like definitely told to us.
6: Yeah, uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> and again. Modern, you know, I'm I'm I watch way too much, you know, NCIS and CSI. I'm like <laughs> you don't you don't burn the evidence. Yeah, no kidding.
2: Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> only I mean. Solomon. Again, Cain again, only, exactly. We only live, Solomon Cain. We live in a dark evidence. world here, I guess, where where this kind of stuff happens all the time, and all the townspeople, everybody just knows what happened. Mm-hmm. I guess everything's just. Pushed under the rug. Quickly put this on ice. Yeah, exactly. Obviously throw a severed hand choked his neck. I was uh, waiting for him to throw it in a cage and just have like the hand like, <laughs> back against the like, cage. Like the thing from uh, Adam's Family. Just yes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, scene change again. We're in torgertown Town, and I love this because it's just like a, a boy runs up to him and is like... Oh,
0: sir! I'm sure you know that Roger Simeon was hanged this morning. Oh yes, we have.
2: We, that is something that I've
6: noticed with the Solomon Kane stories, though. We do have small, small boy ex machina. Yeah, (laughs) all the time. It's small boys keep showing up to Solomon Cain and going, hey, I have some information for you.
2: (laughs) It's like a video (laughs) game where there's a small boy standing on the street corner. Talk to him because they have the information. He's got the the light shining on him. (laughs) You always (laughs) know where to go. All All of a sudden, Navi has something to say.
0: Hey, listen.
3: Hey.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, And I love this. And this is what you said, uh, Luke. They just kind of... At this point, you know what happened. A necromancer's been hanged. Um, and, and, and a hand, a severed hand came through the window and killed the guy who betrayed him. You know what happened. I, I do revel in this whole description. Uh, I love this part about how he, this boy tells him that Roger Simeon, uh, as a last request, asked the guards to cut off his hand. And the guards wouldn't do it, then then they do. Mm-hmm. And he cuts the hand off, throws it out the cell bars, and then the rest of the night he he sits over his severed stump and whispers like to the left and to the right and on and on. You know, and all this kind of stuff, directing mm-hmm. the hand. You know, nobody knows what he's doing, but he's directing oh, the hand. There was a know. blood spot outside where he threw the hand, a wolf must have taken it. A wolf it. must have taken it. Help. Right? That kind of stuff. I, I get well, what you're, I, I, I get what you're saying. The wrap up, Luke, is kind of ridiculous. It's it's if a little it's, it's a little
4: old timey for me. It is old timey. Um, yeah, I I, did. I would have rather have had it the other way around. Where like we hear about the guy cutting his hand yeah. off and throwing it out the window and right. babbling n- nonsense, and then we get like the reveal of like, oh, that's what yeah. happened. This Whoa. this is where it has
2: that 30s radio drama yeah, sure. kind of duh, duh, duh,
6: duh, you know kind of thing, and yeah. it goes into this oh, description this too of. Uh, our necromancer here, standing on the scaffold with a noose around his neck, reaching the stump hand out and screaming. Yeah. And then they finally get sick of it and snap his neck. Right. And I did kind of like this because I saw when they were talking about the time frame, the minute he snapped his neck was the minute... That the hand went limp. limp right. Yeah. In the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I liked the little bit of callback to was that. that part was I really I really It liked would have that. been cool to do like more of like a split screen thing. Like if we were filming yeah, this, yeah. to have the split, to have the split screen of the hand fight of of the hand choking oh, the guy yeah. as, he's yeah. sta- as he's with in ju- in juxtaposition. Ooh. <laughs> a
2: word I never use anymore. <laughs> with, yeah,
6: you're free from that. With the
2: necromancer standing up there reaching out. Right. And I, I will tell you Which made... is hard to do in print. <laughs> maybe, <Yeah. laughs> maybe for Halloween, may have dimmed the lights in in the classroom and read this to the students. Great, great piece to read because you can oh, stand yeah. there just like with your hand outstretched, just clenching it, just yelling. Aah! It's it's great. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Oh. Um, but. Um, Again, I'm going to bring back. Cain asks one last thing: where the hand's hairy, and the boy says yes. And they had a ring with a coiled serpent on it. Again, going back to the fact that these are just driving this point home. No, bump. and see, that's it. Here's the problem, um, and that I realize, Luke, is you haven't read any other uh, any other Robert Howard stuff. No. So when you're just dropped into this, you're like, yeah. So he's got a hand with a stupid ring on it, right? This would have come after some Conan stuff would have already come out and everything else. Um, Conan, a lot of times, would fight necromancers. And a lot of times there was this thing called the Ring of Thothamon that necromancers would have. It was a coiled serpent. It's a really big deal in those books and plays out very coolly. This is like a little nugget tossed out to his fans going like, Oh, yeah, and even in this far future time, this necromancer is killed and... The Ring of Thothamon. Like, he doesn't say okay, that's yeah, what okay, it is, okay. but it's like, The Ring of Thothamon is there, you know? And so, to me, like, when I'm reading that, I was like, ooh, like a little, like, you know, a fanboy. Like, The Ring of Thothamon. And the, <laughs> the rest of us are just like, and okay, and yeah, like, yeah, we can yeah, say this. Like it. It. Why, why are you making a big deal about the ring? <laughs> right.
6: now no, I'm totally blanking right here on yeah. the original story because I just, like, before we started the podcast, was paging through the Conan comic of this. Yeah, yeah. Was there the little flip of the ring? There wasn't the little flip of the ring to the, to the kid in the actual story. No,
2: that's something added. Uh,
6: yeah, it should it, be said the comic versions add things. Yeah, in the, the thing, yeah, in, the, in yeah. the comics version, that I was so confused because I got to it. I'm like, I don't remember that from the story. Because in the <laughs> comics version, he actually flips the ring to the kid and goes, well, hopefully he'll hang on to it better than the last one did and walks away. I'm
2: like, you just <laughs> gave the kid a necromancer yeah, ring. Wouldn't, you yeah, he would not do yeah. that. Well, being Roy, Thomas, being Roy Thomas, I think he purposely you know, we're going to set up a sequel that never happens. You know, I don't know. They were probably oh, always okay, leaving okay, little dangling okay. threads to do some sort of other Necrochild. <laughs> it should be necro Necroboy. All this stuff. And you keep bringing up the Necronomicon. Well, we'll we'll touch Necronomicon when we get to HBO yes. Lovecraft. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Thoughts on this final entry that we've read so
4: far? I want to read more. I yeah. love Robert E. Howard. This is so good. It's It's got this weird um, old-timey English to it, but the, the flow, it's like, Poetry yeah.
2: without it being poetry. Yeah, right. I, I again, I just keep going back to this thing that I think it's very visceral. I think there's certain people this will will register with, certain people it won't. But this has a very, if, very visceral, uh, you know, no civilization man at its very at their very bare bones kind of feel and a you lot have, of his stuff. And, and I love it, man.
6: At his very bare bones, but you have the one man who's not afraid to be the truth.
2: <laughs> Maybe because we. <laughs> The two of us grew up in the '80s. This is kind of '80s hero-ish kind of. Like it this. is. They are kind of Schwarzenegger-y in some ways. It's kind of like you know, but I think this maybe speaks to Howard and growing up at the end, like 1900 and it's the end of the Wild West and the death of rugged individualism in some ways, yeah. right? And so he's still holding on to these ideas of of man against nature and the struggle, uh, you know, to survive. Well, look know. at where we are, where most of
6: these are published in the late 20s and the early 30s, and yeah. we're into the Great Depression. Yeah. And we're into all these things that are happening very because we yeah. felt we got so darn civilized in the 20s. Yeah. It's yeah. the failure
2: of civilization. Yeah, mm-hmm. World War One had just happened, um, and so... Yeah, famously, uh, so all these civilized countries were killing, you know, thousands of people. Yeah, a man at a, at their base are, is barbaric, you mm-hmm. know, and civilization is just a thin veneer, you know, just a mask. Well, yeah, we or, come out, and
6: like I said, we come off the part, we come off the Roaring Twenties. We come out of where everything is good and we're civilized and we're doing all these things, and then all of a sudden we have the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl, and we're back to that right. disturbing, you know. Man versus nature—that yep. di- that disturbing aspect of oh, I guess we weren't as cool as we thought we were.
2: Right. Yeah. No, and then we get sol,
6: and then so he, I see a lot of that mm-hmm. in the Solomon Kane aspect here, where it's the one man walking, you know, like like almost kung fu y too from the seventies, <laughs> the, the one true man who is walking the who is walking the path, but doesn't have time for your crap. Right.
5: I, <laughs> I
2: like it. I like it. Yeah. yeah. So that is. Robert E. Howard. Howard, thank you, Bob. Yeah. A, yeah. I, 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 I will borrow that book whenever I can. <laughs> yeah, that's All right, so <laughs> listeners, go out and get yourself some REH, maybe yeah. Solomon Kane for Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey,
3: was that a trick-or-treater? It, you know, I think so. I'll
0: go get the hose and get rid of them. Hold All on, right. on a second. Okay.
5: okay, sounds good.
0: They hang John Farrell in the dawn amid the mark at dusk came Adam Brand to him and spat upon his face. Ho, neighbors all, spake Adam Brand, see ye John Farrell's fate? Tis proven here a hempen noose is stronger than man's hate. For heard ye not John Farrell's vow to be avenged upon me? Come life or death? See how he hangs high on the gallows tree? Yet never a word the people spoke in fear and wild surprise, For the grisly corpse raised up its head, And stared with sightless eyes, And with strange motion, slow and stiff, Pointed at Atom Brand, And clambered down the gibbet tree, The noose within its hand, With gaping mouth stood Adam Brand like a statue carved of stone, till the dead man laid a clammy hand hard on his shoulder bone. Then Adam shrieked like a soul in hell, the red blood left his face, and he reeled away in a drunken run through the screaming marketplace. And close behind, the dead man came with a face like a mummy's mask, and the dead joints cracked, and the stiff legs creaked with their unwanted task. Men fled before the flying twain, or shrank with bated breath, and they saw the face of Adam Brand, the seal set there. He reeled on buckling legs that failed, yet on and on he fled. So through the shuddering marketplace, the dying fled the dead. At the riverside fell Adam Brand, with a scream that rent the skies. Across him fell John Farrell's corpse, nor ever the twain did rise. There was no wound on Atom Brand, but his brow was cold and damp, for the fear of death had blown out his life as a witch blows out a lamp. His lips were writhed in a horrid grin like a fiend on Satan's coals, and the men that looked on his face that day His stare still haunts their souls. Such was the fate of Adam Brand, a strange, unearthly fate. For stronger than death or hempen noose are the fires of a dead man's hate.
2: All right, another grisly tale for this Halloween night. Um, Mirage. We're turning to a more obscure author, a lot of people may not have heard of Carl Edward Wagner, um, mm-hmm. but uh, he was really kind of big, big in the '70s into the early mm-hmm. '80s. Uh, maybe more famous for kind of penning some Conan novels okay. um, and Brand McMoore, which is also a Robert E. Howard character. Um, that's a little bit more rooted in history. Um, but he also created his own character and I love this character. Not to be confused. I didn't realize when pick, I, I picking I, these I, books, I did not realize at first that I picked two characters that were called Kane. Yeah, Bob picked yeah. Bob picked these
4: up for us and I actually had to ask him so I'm like, so is this uh two or multiple
2: stories about the same guy written yeah. by different people? No, he's like
1: oh, they're both named
2: Cain. Yeah, I was like, oh, no. And they, yeah, both Cain with a K. It confused me right off the bat. I'm just kind of like, wait, what?
6: However, when we go with uh, Wagner, Wagner, whatever we want to call him here. Wagner. uh, (laughs) Wagner. I like Wagner. I'm going to go with Wagner, but sure. Uh, You know, it's Cain. It's spelled the same as (laughs) Solomon, K-A-N-E. This is much more along the lines of, you know, your traditional biblical Cain and the idea of he's wandering or he's wandering around as some sort of punishment here. Right. We don't get that from Sol- Solomon Cain is your, mm. you know, your puritan hero. He is your even puritan anti-hero, but he's yep. he's out there for justice whereas we get right away that this Cain is this is part of his penance right. for right. something,
2: right? So for any of our readers who want to get into uh, Solomon Cain by Carl Edward Wagner, um, I would highly recommend, you you can find his stuff on Amazon, a lot of it's been out of print for a long time, so you're getting kind of old 70s paperbacks that, you know, might be pretty beat up, Uh, but they're all really good. But a small press called Centipede Press, uh, who does kind of small print runs, uh, did a, what I would say is just a, a beautiful series of five books that you can get. They're they're a little bit pricier. Uh, they were kind of came out at about fifty dollars a piece. I think uh, they they drooped down to about twenty bucks a piece, something like so. Price of a normal paper or hardback, um, but they have artwork inside and everything's been corrected. And um, if you're kind of a book. Aficionato. Uh, I highly recommend these. They have the, kind of the nice little ribbon markers and everything. This, the, If, if you become a fan, these are the additions to have. Um, oh. But Cain is a really cool character. Yes, he is a play on the biblical character of Cain. In the Bible, of course, Cain is spelled with a C.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, this Cain is, is like Solomon Cain, spelled with a K. But uh, Wagner never goes into the Bible end of it. Kind oh. of makes it like... Uh, he was cursed by an insane god, he always says, and then needs to wander the 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 world forever. These books you never know when you start reading a Cain novel. Um what you're getting because he can be in any time period. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go all the way to like a pre-flood. He's like in kind of like this weird pre-flood uh, world, uh, but before the biblical flood of Noah, kind of you know with demons and all this kind of stuff. And then he 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 might be in medieval times. Maybe he's in the future. There's some stuff that involves discovering spacecraft. He's even like a pimp in the '70s at oh, one wow. point. He, he... It, he's he's
6: he is immortal. He is, you know, he's very almost Highlander-ish. I was going to say, he's Duncan MacLeod. And, well, no, Duncan MacLeod had a better, like, moral compass. I thought you were going to say uh, Connor MacLeod. No. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them had a better moral compass. Uh, yeah, yes. I, but th- one of the reasons I went biblical right away with this is not only is his name Cain, but they also make reference to the fact that he's left-handed. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And
4: Cain in the Bible, who slew his brother, was left-handed. Yeah. And there was yeah this yeah
2: pretty you know right off the bat I'm I'm just I I mean
4: I'm I'm only confused because I'm going off of the uh, stories that Bob said hey read this we're gonna do a Halloween (laughs) spectacular and we have another Cain uh, but he's sneaking out of this town and he's honestly. He's sneaking out of this town. Uh, we don't really know anything about him at that point. Um, he's trying to dress himself up in all these cloaks, and he's stuffing the front of his shirt so he looks like a very overweight, yeah, um, sort of slow person. And this, I think, this is really good. Like, right. it's, it's honestly, it's um, it's painting a very good picture. It's painting a very realistic picture. Right. Like I, he's already hurt from something that had already happened, and he's just trying to like limp out of town. But the only the only problem I'm having, he's trying to sneak out of town from some from some guy whose
2: name that I really can't read. <laughs> yeah, if,
4: I if cannot there, pronounce if there's
2: If there's one thing that I will say is a negative sometimes on this author, is that when he tries to do, and I believe this is supposed to take mm-hmm. place in like a pre-flood, uh, okay. World, so he's trying to write names that are like just not something you'd ever see. Yeah, and they he runs afoul of the fact that they you you can't say them half the time, and they don't stick with you. Mm-hmm. So he's he's we're, there's we're, a we're there's a conflict a, between Jasserton, Jasserton, uh, and, and the dainty king of Croissanth. Yeah, Some, you know something like that. Something like but that.
4: My, my big issue with like like uh, leading any like you know like old timey name with a J is I want to go with a soft J. Oh, okay, yeah, yes I like,
2: that, that does that does sound good, and maybe it is. Maybe that, maybe maybe, yeah. maybe I figured it out on this podcast, uh, and I think that's what it is. <laughs> when you when we say them, they sound good. I think to read them, club you're having a, a thought. i trouble. Well, I just you, you went with the soft J, the almost Y, and I'm going.
6: Okay, that's very you know old timey Jewish. Oh, I okay. was going to
2: say there is no J. Right mm-hmm. in in yeah. in in Hebrew it would be a Y so mm-hmm. you know there there would not Exception. be a, there is no Jehovah it's in Yahweh anyway. yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so so okay. yeah which we, okay. which so you learned from Indiana just remember to. <laughs> Use the correct alphabet, <laughs> right? Exactly. Uh, so yeah, maybe this is for us. There is no J. There's actually a Y back here. I mean, was, he's yeah, he's limping, limping out of town.
4: Shit. He's in this uh, like sort of caravan of like just peasants. Well, no, he's in a caravan of
3: like former mercenaries. Mercena- of, yeah, mercenary, Yeah, I'm sorry. Of yeah. the uh, of the guy that. Tried to usurp,
2: yeah, the, some yes, of the, the whatever name you guys said, yes, y- yeah, insertion, they tried to usurp, y- right? Yeah. But and in, in, in the end, it really even doesn't matter because this stuff doesn't set anything up. It does It just sets up a place, wrong time. Yeah, does.
3: I think it. I think it sets something up because it it gives us a little bit more background on Cain. Right. Because it talks about... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of those where the, we didn't have any background on Cain until all of a sudden they're talking about the war and why Cain is so sought after is because he was mm. so good at battles and so good at manipulating different right. things. And it, it just kind of shows that he isn't a nice person. Right. And, well,
2: Right. And- and- and you will see he is a mercenary throughout all of these novels. So he's just constantly going kind of from conflict to conflict. And you, what you'll learn about Kane is he is unfeeling. Like oh, that yeah. That, 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 that is kind of his thing. He immortality
4: has taken its toll.
2: Yeah, immortality, instead of making him uh, you know, kind of a, an avenger for the human plight or something like that, has turned him into, like, I just don't know... What to do with myself? I'm just going to become very nihilistic. He be, he's very nihilistic. Oh he's yeah.
6: Vi- yeah, exactly. He's very nihilistic, and we know right away he's a sword. Like you said, Bob, he's a sword for hire because right. he was actually on the side of uh <laughs> Sure.
2: Talavion. Why not yeah. yeah,
6: sure. Talavion. Yeah, the bastard brother.
2: Right. Yeah. Which is which is great. But but I do love that. Again, sometimes people are like, man, old fantasy was not dark. The stuff. That he did, came, you know, that Carl Edward Wagner did is really dark in terms of this nihilistic. Sometimes that feels like that's something that came out in the '90s and thousands as you went from kind of high fantasy into more nihilistic kind of fantasy. Well, and don't oh, know it was here back
6: in the dark old '70s. Well, and dark enough too from the get go with this story. Where yeah. I kind of wonder about Wagner's psyche as a person.
2: <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs> well, oh, I yeah. will tell you, do avoid at all costs unless you're really got a I don't know a constitution the one the future novels where he becomes a pimp uh and and whatnot or a drug lord that, where, that sounds
4: like a bit much
2: they they and they are actually a very kind of Filthy, dirty novels. Uh, oh. There, yeah, they, it uh, almost I, I, it drops I can, off a cliff I, I uh, can right see, there. Yeah, like,
4: he, he leans it. towards it in this.
2: Yeah, he leans towards it in this, um, and those are almost. I mean, they're almost pornographic. They're pretty, wow. pretty horrible, wow. uh, and not in a yeah. good way. Like really disturbing. You know, I mean, they're, they're so. so. So we it, roll. It, we roll into here the he forest by night
6: this yeah. aspect. Yeah, of, he's sneaking out of he's town. He's sneaking out of town. Yep. We learned he's red-haired, he's
2: left-handed, he's got blue eyes with really cool night vision. Yeah, yeah, I love it so we're learning in immediately kind of his powers. Yes. I guess you could say, right? Um, and that's why like all these novels you can just kind of drop in. Elven. Yeah, it <laughs> doesn't it. is there's, there's not necessarily an order to Kane novels. You can kind of drop in anywhere. Yeah. Uh, you can just kind of go. Which is cool. Um, yeah. So um I like this. Uh, the place that he's going through is feared to be haunted by ghouls, which is why uh, the soldiers don't stick around to loot the bodies. Okay, and, and Paul, I was really, I was hoping you were going to be
4: around for this because just because they were talking about ghouls, and I went straight for Fallout. Yep. Fallout. Yeah, these uh, radioactive like zombies with like just leathery skin—that is right where my brain went. Right. Yes. Just because I hadn't read this, and I just I hear ghoul, I'm immediately go like Fallout. Right. I did
2: the same thing. Immediately went Fallout.
1: Listen here, yeah, smooth skin.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> You and know? this is going to become a thing he kind of he kind of keeps falling into these deliriums and actually it's ooh this was tough to read really I liked these because they're at, at, very at, at the end I
4: did like it but yeah. like like beginning to midway through I'm like oh what the heck is going on yeah. but then it's like kind of like about like halfway three quarters through I'm like okay okay I'm starting to like I'm understanding that I'm yeah. supposed to be as confused as he is yeah and that's what what his, his party gets attacked everybody gets killed he gets knocked on the head he's just kind of like Oh, there's ghouls here! I gotta get the heck yeah, out of yeah. here! Yeah, yeah. I think, and, it's, but the descriptions
6: of his delirium are beautiful. They're beautiful. And yeah, so I, I, actually, yeah, I agree. I'm one where when I get beautiful descriptions like that, I like to do a little little author recon, little author research. Yeah, and Wagner was actually actually went to med school. And was going to be a doctor. And yep. so that's why when he describes the delirium and why he gives us a lot that of these makes visceral sense. descriptions, yep. they are kind of medical. Yeah. They're dark, dreary, you know, sci-fi medical here, okay. But they're okay. definitely yeah. they're definitely detailed
2: and medical because right. the dude was a doctor. He gave up being a doctor to be a writer at one point. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, through, there, there's a lot of good scenes here that happen. But he's stumbling about this forest by night. Um, and he ends up stumbling through all of this into an abandoned village. Uh, um, yeah
4: yeah city uh just and, and it's kind of like he's like i know where i'm going i know i'm not supposed to be here but i have no choice so like, he has to get away yeah it's This like crumbled ruined village outside of this castle right. and it's, you even get like these the way he's describing all of this it's like this um the the, the crumbled ruins of this village like show the guilt of like a village that couldn't save their castle, well, and you know
2: what I like is he he talks about the castle being a fitting tombstone to this yeah, village. Well, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Beautiful. yeah, it's really
4: it's, it's really cool. beautifully creepy. Uh, it like a burned out
6: kasu hut.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Callback. Um, <laughs> we don't reference that, which not <laughs> I know. He, he makes it. He makes it through the village. He he knows that there's ghouls all around him. And he just he has to get away. Cool. He makes it into the castle. Not right. not quite, I don't think so. Does he
3: make it in the no, castle? No, he's he, taken.
2: For, he, yeah. He, like... Goes I, thought, I in, thought it was in the ruins. Like right No, these ghouls... Though. The ghouls start he's, advancing on Cain, and then you hear this woman's voice forcing the ghouls yeah, back. Yeah, and he's
3: in. Oh, okay. he's in a delirious state at this point, too, because didn't he, like... At first, imagine... He's delirious. The
4: writing's delirious. I don't know where he
3: is. Well, he he started to imagine, like, the village as it used to be and the people walking around. That's Mm -hmm. what I thought. I I I almost
6: had the feel of, you know, he's immortal. He's been around for a long time. So it, it... He's almost doing his own private little, you know, beginning yeah. of the Guardians of the Galaxy where he's been here before yeah. and he's seen, yeah. he saw the village when the village was the village and so as he's walking through, yeah, like, he's, so, yeah. seen, he's seen, he's seeing the kid kick the ball across the street. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just like, like some
2: weird, like, delir- delirious pu-
4: right. private investigator. But yeah. I, like, that,
2: that's, that's why I But about I this. think you're all hitting on exactly what's going on here, which I think is a very big strength to Carl's writing, is that he sets up this delirium so well that you as a reader are left confused but for me in a good way you don't know what's real you don't know what's not real, what he's actually seeing, what he's not seeing I, compl- got- I
6: completely thought the shrieking woman's voice or the the singing woman's voice yeah. or whatever it was, was in yeah. his head
2: yeah, right. yeah, and definitely, it could be and, and there is one telling thing, She he does drop a note here, old Carl uh, because the woman says, this one shall be mine and so I think, but at, at this even, point, I don't know what that means. See, and for yeah. me, that instantly, I'm like, well, obviously, she's not good. Like, yeah. I, I almost and immediately know that this is. They try to set up later in the book, like you, you don't know that she's good. I don't know that she's real. Uh, I almost, point. I almost, I almost immediately thought, well, she's a vampire. I almost what? Imme- what? I How? immediately How? went to vampire. I
3: didn't go vampire. I went figment
6: yeah. of his imagination. Yeah, I, That's really, what yeah. I, I was, he, I was right there with he, you. Yeah. He yeah. went
2: immediately back into yeah. his delirious. You state. know, you know why I went there is because we're in a village. You have a castle high on the hill, you, and, 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 you and you have, have you have the, because I'm, I'm throwing. We right. just, we just read a bunch of books about a dark queen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm. I'm instantly thrown to Dracula, where where Dracula lives in a castle and has the power yeah. over the animals, the the, the, yep. the wolves in the in the woods. He can command them, right? Oh, and like so that. so she comes down and immediately these ghouls who are about to take him, she can command them back and say, "No, this one's mine," which is exactly what Dracula does. Okay, I I, I get that. It was just so uh, M- mis- real, real Dracula. Real oh, Dracula, Dracula. Brand the No matter what you've Brand seen Stroker. on TV or yeah, show. this is just so <laughs> mysterious
4: brain. in a good way. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I, I, I don't know. Um, so, I don't know what she is. I'm not getting vampire out because there's
2: no mist. Yeah, there's no mist for this vampire. And there, guys. there's, there's actually chapters here. So we're into chapter two, beyond, beyond the forest, forest, right? Uh, and I like this. Cain awakens to this little steward preparing tea for him, and I just went yeah. kind of over the top immediately. Just English steward. Like, oh hey, yeah, absolutely. Ah, ah, oh yes, Absolute. the butler, the yep. butler. Yep. Mm, yes. Well, so
3: I can help you with that. Yes. Yes, very. Uh, but I kind of, kind of,
6: and to jump into Bob's wheelhouse here, kind of almost C three PO ish too. Yes, in a way. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I definitely saw that. Yeah, um, and I, I like this because the steward says that he was attacked by thieves in a village and was taken to the castle, and even Kane is kind of struggling with this, and he's like. Yeah, but the castle was just a bunch of moss-covered ruins. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah. And, the, and the, the, why are the, you there, here, were, Alfred? There were yeah. no ghouls. There were thieves. Yeah. And Stuart, the, you're kind of setting up, up this... I think what, what Carl is trying to do in a very short novel is set up like, well, is Cain nuts because of the delirium we know he's been having? And he is in a real castle, or is he not in a real castle? You know, who, who's crazy? Although I think it's pretty thinly veiled. We know Cain is the one that's right, I think. Um, we also Oh, no, 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 no.
4: I, uh, at this point in the book, I, I, I'm thinking he was knocked on the head. He's nuts. So he's mm-hmm. nuts.
2: Okay, yeah, and I think that's one of the interpretations. Yeah, like, that's he, one of the he things wakes he's up, in there.
4: Uh, he's in the castle. It's it's there, there are no ghouls. You're crazy. Yeah, right. Um, Weird things happen in a concussion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, exactly. The, the castle is not ruins, and uh, you guys are gonna have to help me with this. Not Ni- Nicoris. Ni- Nicoris. 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 I
2: said Nicoris when I read it. Nicoris. Uh, she
4: saved Cain only because she hates Yassertion. Oh, yeah. Which, which makes, which, which totally makes, like, it's, it's all, like, it's within the people. That makes sense, yeah, it's it to- logical. Yeah, it, it totally makes sense. Like, I, I'm totally, I think. Okay. Nicoris is, she's right. Uh, the right. steward is Right
2: and wow i see i immediately know that they're and it's because my connection with dracula immediately i'm not trusting any of these characters and
4: and you know i'm just thinking you've read this before and that's why you wrote that down (laughs) and i went
2: with the i
6: i went with the naming structure and looking at the actual language and i don't trust anybody with a yss
2: at the end of their name (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is true because <laughs> yeah. that that that's it. Even looks serpentish. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Like well, you smoke... might not
4: trust them, but I'd definitely take them home.
2: <laughs> that's <laughs> my <laughs> line. <laughs> it's Halloween. But I applaud yes. for Halloween? Yes, but anybody with the
6: ssss.
2: yeah yeah at the end of the name. Yeah, I like that. I do like that. Um, so we're oh, We're instantly on to chapter three. Altbur Keep. We find out the castle castle's name is Altburg. Um, I love this scene though. um what what he can accomplish in so few chapters is really good. Oh God! And Cain, the, the, the descriptions, yeah.
4: the the mood, the feel.
2: Yeah, uh, Cain stands on these battlements and he kind of considers how comfortable everything is, um, and he feels like he's a prisoner, but he's treated well. Again, back to this kind of nihilism that he kind of mm-hmm. feels. He's just such an unsettled soul yeah. that you're, you know, he's got this wandering spirit, but you know, and it, it kind it of it, it,
4: it has the the writing has this ability to like make you feel like oh he's just paranoid but like wait no maybe
6: he's right and some of these descriptions here too when we talk when he talks about the wall and how he can see where the wall the stone wall actually looks a little different because of how the summer chill came across yeah came across. and
2: you know what i love about this description is because again he's playing with how your interpretation is coming across here because they're talking about the sun and about how, you know, yeah, there's this almost like a temperature difference. So when he looks down along the wall, he sees almost a shimmeriness there. And if you're interpreting that he's going crazy, you're like, well, yeah, that's just the heat coming off of the wall that's being warmed by the sun. Or... You're interpreting it as yeah because this is all false. This That's and, what I there's a it is. shimmeringness well, to we, the we, false. Every every but is he, he immediately says that there's this mustiness like there, something's out of place and there's this which, which gives mustiness us. and underlying antiquity to everything uh, like like Elbert keep is a mirage yeah. and yeah this, this is the turning point. Uh, like yeah, one of the most like the
4: the best written parts of this chapter. Yeah. Are uh, like when when he starts to like debate whether or not the, uh, when he's looking across into the other tower where like a a guard is getting fresh with a maid. Yeah. And he's like, he looks away and he's like, but do they stop after I look away? Yeah, right. And it starts to talk about, uh, and really like what really drove the nail home for me was um, the Lady of the Keep is never available. Yeah. The Lady of the Keep is never
6: available. That's what did it. I'm like, oh, these, this, this, is, this is false. These people seem like actors. Yes. Yeah, they're, like, they're like, shadowing on a out show.
3: They also kind of get a hint about how he is healing a little faster. Yeah, than he should and be. crash That's cool. That's correct. Correct. Whereas, Very like, cool. His healing gave, factor. Yeah, they gave him the, the, he, the potion. It's cool, whatever. unless you
2: call it a healing factor. Yeah, really. <laughs> it becomes so, like, modern.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's
2: relatable when you call it But it, a it is real. No, but it yeah. is. But,
4: oh, I know that. I know that. Well, even if it
6: becomes modern, it shows how. a lot of these diatropes from you know even you know modern marvel or modern x-men and things like the healing factor are really hearkened back to a lot of these older scripts and a lot of these older scripts that come through and it's something that existed it it really wasn't something that was just invented by you know our modern authors right it's still there it's still these diatropes like we talked about with the other stories um looking going back to Sherlock Holmes going back to all of these you know different stories of the past and we can pick different things from there and it kind of shows how good the writing is right we these lines and these um diatropes I said that already yeah. but
2: diatropes keep returning to us as right. human beings and i think yeah. again speaking to the power or how good this this writing is is i do feel you're supposed to feel uncomfortable with everything from the beginning. And I feel if you don't know there's something wrong with her, um, it does start itself as a small seed that in your gut that you, you might be fooling yourself yeah. she's okay. But by this point, by the oh, time yeah. we get Ch- to four Chap- yeah. Mistress of, chapter- of Altberg. Oh, End of, oh, end of oh, Chapter oh, Three, you have yeah. to. You yeah.
4: Have
6: I to I, oh. I love this. And I will get on this because <laughs> chapter four <laughs> Give me the sultry, dark, raven-haired beauty yeah baby. Um, anybody who has
4: listened to any other past episodes of uh, Dungeons & Dweebs knows that. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will, uh... We'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean,
2: she she is super sultry, Can we, uh, raven-haired yeah. beauty, and invites Cain to dinner and says she just wants to hear news of the world. Right. Yeah. Um, and actually, it's kind of bring me back. Like I, I don't. Maybe it's.
4: I don't know. Maybe it's like a reflection of me in real life. Like, okay, I know this is fake, but like once you start talking to me, like okay, like I believe you. Let's let's see where this goes, sort of thing. Like okay, um, but and and it was she was eating food.
2: Yeah. Like I don't know, like any other
4: like vampire thing I've ever right, read. Right, They can't eat real food. Yeah, or they just don't. You or know, kind of the weird or, thing yeah. is that
2: you realize they haven't eaten this entire time. Oh, I
6: see. I jumped. I jumped right away to her, like in the sultry dress with the one leg up with <laughs> yeah. the slit, because she's playing the leer for him. Yeah, yeah, yep.
4: exactly. Well, not yet. <laughs> uh, she she does get. A, isn't it, the leer comes the, after the, the leer the on the balcony? After yes, the the Lear's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: yeah.
2: yeah. And then, I mean... I'm sorry, I zoomed in on that. Scene, they're, uh, the they're, they're both adults. Shut up. Uh, I blame you. I, it should be said, this book uh, becomes rather sultry. Yes. It should be said, too, not to call
6: him out too much, but uh, old Carl here also <laughs> used to write uh,
2: pornographic comics as, and stories as well.
4: Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. really? Well, yes. That makes sense. That makes yep. sense.
2: He's a man that's very good at his craft, because then she takes him into the bedroom, mm-hmm. and, well, after a while... She ends up biting him, so there it is revealed that she yes. is a vampire. She does, she does end up biting him, and he sinks into yes. oblivion. It yeah, goes and boot, and scene, boot, scene. boot scene, boot scene, boot scene, But, scene.
4: but even before boot scene, um, <laughs> her spell takes him. He gives his body and soul to her. Her spell took me. Same. <laughs> um, anyway, she. Yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> I can't read that part of my notes. You know,
2: okay, so we were saying these, these episodes will be out of time. So those who have never listened to our episodes before, a boot scene is, is what we reference as reference to a lovemaking scene because in old Hollywood, the two would fall onto... The guy would take off his boots... They would fall into a bed and the camera would just linger on the boots <laughs> and never show what was and going on. And then it was ne- and then it was the next morning in the L sheet. Yeah, the L, L shaped yes. sheet. The, the L yes. shaped sheet. Uh yeah. So so that is what we mean yes. when we say boot scene.
4: And that's uh we wrap up chapter four after she bites him. Right. So into, then to uh chapter five, Into the Mirage. Which great title.
2: Beautiful. I Beautiful. Love, I love she it bites that? him. He's in the delirium, and then into the mirage. are oh, I you know I'm oh, and creepy and stuff. Yeah, we're and really what I here. what I love about this entire chapter, all through into the mirage mirage, and then chapter six return. I'm feeling this like palpable like heaviness, like like I can't breathe. Like oh my god, what's going to happen to him? Because they he sets it up so well about where like. Nicoris is trying to drain the vitality out of Cain and turn him into a vampire. I mean, kind of a large overview. That's what she's doing. But Cain has this healing factor, and she can't drain him. Yeah, you know, he's getting weaker and weaker. Of his
4: vitality. Yeah,
2: <laughs> which I wink, will wink, say. Nod, this, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And really, <laughs> no. definitely
6: a wink, <laughs> wink, nod, nod. Yeah. And, oh yeah.
2: And, and, re- and really, you need to read this chapter because the delir- the way he sets up the delirium as, as cool. he super as he fades cool. in and out of consciousness. And what's real and what's not uh, really can't be described. Yeah, it's really good. It's definitely not so wink, wink, nod, nod, like
4: we're making it off to be. But um, yeah, yeah, it has to be read. It, it's it's really cool. Um, and we get we get a little uh, flashback to um, mm, it. Like turns this. out the castle, it, the castle and village really did fall two
2: hundred years
4: ago. ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and we get a little bit of uh, <laughs> a little bit of Nicaris's, uh how she died. She was raped a whole bunch by like by everybody. every soldier yeah um and then at the end she was finally killed um and it was like her hatred yeah that brought her
2: back as a vampire yeah and i like this because this is something that i probably should have an issue with is like well there's no reason she comes back we are just told that violence and hate brought her back i like that but i don't care i yeah. like that yeah yeah i like I, really the, I, I, would, I would rather it was left to mystery yeah, and then we don't need like it's all this, all this like lore. It's like, such a powerful, violent, horrible scene of depravity and evil that it somehow just like makes s- sense. Ma- it just works. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It, and this speaks to the short story aspect
6: of this. We yeah. don't need a huge flashback. Yeah, right, here. right. We need just bare bones information. Leave it up to our miss. Leave it up to mystery, and that also yep. goes into the mystery of Cain too. When you go into other Cain stories here, yep. is there's a lot of mystery. There's a lot of stuff that we, the reader, are left to either try to fill in the blanks ourselves, or just go, yep. "Okay, that's that's creepy. Where that, the heck did that yeah. come from?" And that adds to that adds to
4: that, yeah, that right. creepy factor to it's, it. It's I all it's that. all super good. Um, With we, we, we these flashbacks, she's draining him of his uh, vitality, right? Um, and then, um, which I, and
2: I've written down. All in all, not a bad deal. Um. <laughs> no, there is and that's what I love about this too, is is Wagner sets this up as kind of an okay deal. Yeah. There's part of yeah. you who's reading this going like, I'd take this deal. Yeah. Like I would do this. Yeah, I become a well, vampire, but I get to live with her in I, this Castle. for I mean, the... Maybe if you got to know her a little bit better, and like okay, like I, I do want to live. <laughs> maybe conversation friend. would. Maybe yeah, your yeah. conversation would stall out at some point. Yeah, well, you know when you're she wouldn't like your podcast. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> we've been
3: alive for two hundred years. You know, you run out of things to talk about eventually. And <laughs> I, I like the changeover vampire. Here is it's
6: just not you know it's just not his blood. It's just not his soul. Yeah. It's the the use of draining his vitality. Yeah.
4: Why won't you
5: die?
6: Well, if, you've, if you've read other Kane stories, too, his vi- draining his vitality uh-huh. or draining anyone's vitality, okay, so is he just going to become some sort of weird, you yeah. know, puppet actor thing that yeah. she has with the rest of these people? Yeah. And we look at this with Kane, with our, you know, our anti-hero here. You know, no, he's got too much personality. He's got too much vitality, <laughs> regardless of his supernatural stuff. Right. So it goes from that, you know,
2: all of a sudden, are we making Wolverine a puppet? Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and what I what I love about this is we do end in chapter five thinking that she has kind of succeeded. Yeah, yep. She has and drained him, the, but then Cain awakens and he's in a crypt. The, the chapter ends with his final breaths fading. Yeah. It's beautiful. It, it is beautiful. But because, and he should be dead. Yeah. But because of his healing... Abilities, you know, because he is kind of this, you know, first killer. I mean, he's he's supernatural. He's he's more than man. Mm. And so, so Cain awakens to find himself in a crypt. She's obviously yeah. put him there. Um, he's still wearing th- his th- old. I thought coat. he was everything, dead. Yeah, everything's been an illusion. Yeah, you know. So, so we know this. He now sees everything as. As the destroyed castle and everything's in an a little... Yeah, illusion. only thing here, like, he finds all of his stuff neatly in a corner. Yep.
4: That's yep, a bit much. That was I
2: a short story. That was, like, a short story, like, dick, 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 here's all your stuff in a it's, corner. Yeah. <laughs> that might be a and d thing. <laughs> we were not going to do callbacks. <laughs> but, um... But yeah, I Nekoris mean, I mean, is the, not in her bedroom, because he's, like, he's ticked. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, and he's yeah. going to find her. He, he's, has, he's ticked. I'm...
4: Kind of confused. Like, was this just like some sort of illusionary trap?
2: Was any of this real? Right. Well, I, I, I thought he, he, she thought he, she had turned him into a vampire and laid him in the crypt to, to whatever. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I was, and, and even, I was
3: with you on that. Bob. Yeah. yeah,
2: even when he wakes up in the, in, in the. The coffin. Yeah,
4: I'm like I thought he was underground. Like at first, yeah. Like, he I think forces he, his way out. He's like, yeah. oh, I'm up on a thing. Like this is yeah.
2: not big a he was, He's been moved, kind of the belly of the and castle, I, right? Yeah. Is what yeah. I, And I, see,
6: I, I took it as I did. I didn't think that she thought she turned him. Uh huh. I thought she thought that after all this time and after all this effort and every there's no way he could be turned. He's just
2: dead. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what I think too, which, which would be cool. Yeah, because she does think that he's dead. Because she's so amazed yeah. when he when all of a sudden he shows up again. Yeah, yeah, and, and I like this because then when she finds out, like, God, yeah. you're still alive. This is when uh, we get a Kane backstory. Yeah, we, we do, it's, it, but it's just as, like,
4: he gets to the bedroom, he realizes what's going on, he's like, crap, I have to hobble my way back down to the yeah. crypt real quick. Yeah. But nighttime falls, and that's when she wakes up because she's a right. vampire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I need to grab some spinach, drop a Powerade, do whatever I need. To <laughs> <make it laughs> yeah, I do yeah, a couple yeah. push-ups, but look really buff. Yeah. Um, but she speaks of a man named Cain, cursed to live forever. Yeah,
2: it's like because she's heard of him. Yeah, like this is a story that's been going around. I guess her people <laughs> and whoever else about about this immortal Cain who was mm-hmm. cursed by his God because of murder. Yeah, uh, you know, or or whatever. By his god. To, yeah, it's 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 cool. A cool yeah. take. Um, Cain wrestle. I love. There's this end part again for for a short s- story. There's so much that goes on kind of in the psyche of Cain. And if you really pay attention to the things that are said in these last few lines, there's a lot of resonance here. Cain wrestles with these ideas of death being an escape from the boredom of life. Um, And I I immediately jump to... I don't know a lot about the author, uh, you know, in his personal life. But I'm thinking... This feels like reference to 60s and 70s drug culture in a lot of ways. Uh, There's like, you know, the kind of uh, checkout kind of stuff. You know, like, hey, we need to have an escape from the boredom of life, man. And because a lot of this book does feel like kind of an acid trip in a lot of ways. You know what I'm saying? There's a floatiness to this, kind of a drug-inducedness. Like, you could be listening to really crazy music while listening to this or reading this it didn't work for you you know and see I took it as that
6: idea of how boring would it be to be immortal
2: yeah and that's that's yeah. what he's
6: going yeah. um, I love I, it, I, it. I'll, cool. I'll bring this cool. up yeah. and I'll reference this quick there is there are two books I read at least once a year they're called The Last Vampire and The Last Werewolf they're by a guy named Glenn Duncan mm-hmm. I've suggested this yep. to both of you right. guys before yep. and it's <clears throat> they're written from the first person perspective of these of these immortal beings, and just how ungodly boring it gets after right. a while. Yeah,
1: so that's immediately
4: that's immediately where my mind went here. Right? Yeah, oh for sure, for sure. I yeah. I, lo- I love that idea. I love this. Uh, he kind of has to talk her down. Right. Like she's like she's just gonna kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or she's just gonna keep trying to turn him, and he's like, "Would you just stop? I don't want it. I don't yeah. want this. I'm already. I already have to live forever." I don't want to have to live forever here. Right. I want to be able to go where I want. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like yeah, that reading yeah, of it. I like yeah, that reading I, of it a lot. Yeah, it. And I, yeah,
2: I love it. I, I love it. And what I like here is because unlike traditional kind of vampire novels mm-hmm. a lot of time, where we're kind of thrown into the horror, of, I guess, of a mortal human being yeah. coming into conflict with, with an immortal vampire, these are both immortals. Yeah. And so you're left with this Nekoris just saying that that the cold loneliness of life, in the in the cold lo- loneliness of life, that he can return to her arms and spend eterni- eternity and, in blissful death. And he's not having it. He's not yeah. having <laughs> it. <he's> <laughs> K- nah, K- that's cool. And so I just, I mean, and I just have, and Kane walks away to the lonely man's theme. Bye, Kane! <laughs> I love you. You can return to my arms if you want. <laughs> I won't. <laughs>
4: Anyway, that brings up up the end of our Wagner story. Uh, So, go around the table, uh, what do you guys think? uh, 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 Recommend,
3: I guess, on Wagner? I mean, I would really recommend it. Uh, Paulier, I would really recommend this book. I enjoyed it. You Mm -hmm. know, it's one of those where I would say I enjoyed the other two short stories more, but this one, I enjoyed it more as a longer Right one.
6: It should be so, said. This
2: is this is twenty pages. Yeah, way so longer. Yeah. So and, and yeah,
6: I've read a couple just like you, Bob. I've read a couple of the other Kane uh, mm-hmm. adventures here. Right, right. And I'm a like I referenced earlier. I'm a huge fan of Glenn Duncan when he mm-hmm. talks about the boredness of being immortal. I'm a huge fan of the the Highlander mythology too. Oh, I love Highlander. That yeah, goes yeah, yeah. through it and what it's like yep. to be immortal and the different things you have Which to go. Which is probably through. why. I love and that's this. really what that's really <laughs> where I saw Kane here. That's yeah. really where I saw. I, you know, I expected one of the McLeods at some
2: point yeah. in the future stories to come out and find right. out we're all going after the quickening. <laughs> but whereas, but whereas Duncan is kind of like a hero, heroic who wants to do good. Kane is just he's nihilistic, and 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 especially in other novels, I mean, he is not a good guy. There is yeah. times where you're like, oh man, I, I wish do, Kane I could do, die. I do love me an antihero. He is super I do
4: love anti-hero. Love antihero. Dark-haired vixen.
0: Um, <laughs> well, I don't
6: even know if you're supposed to feel that Kane is a hero with no, with this particular no, space. I'm, no. You know, I'm almost That's more point. like good you know point. the fine young cannibals dude from Highlander, <laughs> <laughs> Xavier, where it's just I'm going to do my stuff and take my money and be hired for what I need to do and right. yeah, keep living on this horrific immortal life.
4: Right. Yeah. I agree. And you know, I don't know that I would ever be able to choose between Robert E. Howard or Wagner. It's um. Both canes have their strong suits,, uh, you know, where the other one, like he has a definitive, like, this is what I'm gonna do. This is who I am. And this one is like sort of nihilistic, and i I really do enjoy that. I enjoy his like I'm immortal, and like everything sucks. It's super cool. It's dark in both senses. Um,
2: I've enjoyed this, yeah, oh I, definitely I, I i totally I totally agree with you, Luke. Um, if you have never heard, of this author, uh, you owe it to yourself if you're a fan of of kind of what you've heard us talk about. If that sounds like it's something that would uh, kind of send shivers up your spine on a Halloween night, uh, get it right now uh, and, and and read it because it is a good Halloween read. Is there some decent
6: author out there who can give us you know a Cain and Kane story? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Solomon Kane and and Kane. That'd be that'd be pretty cool, but. Uh, hey, as yep. long as we're
4: talking about being hipster, uh, you guys want to move on to a little
2: H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Yeah, actually, I've been looking at your sink. There's like some sort of weird color coming out of it. Ah, yeah, don't worry about that. We'll, we'll, we'll fix that one.
1: Crying, throw the cypress forest sighing, in the night winds madly flying, hellish forms with streaming air, in the barren branches creaking, by the segment swamp pools speaking, past the shore cliffs ever shrieking, damned to demons of despair. Once I think I half remember, ere the grey skies of November Quenched my youth's aspiring ember. Live there such a thing as bliss. Skies that now are darkward beamin' Gold azure splendid simin' Still I learnt it all was dreamin' Deadly drowsiness of dis. But the stream of time still flowin' Brings the torment of half-knowin' Dimly rushin' Blindly goin' Past the never trodden lay. And the voyage are repinin' Sees the wicked, death fire shining, hears the wicked, petrels whining, as he helpless drifts to sea. Evil wings in ether beaten, vultures at the spirit eaten, things unseen forever fleeting, black against the leering sky, ghastly shades of bygone gladness, clawing fiends of future sadness mingle in a cloud of madness, ever on the soul to lie. Thus the living, lone and sobbing, in the throes of anguish throbbing, with the loathsome furies robbing, night and noon of peace and rest. But beyond the groans and grating, of abhorrent life is waiting, sweet oblivion culminating, all the years of fruitless quest.
2: All right, on to the last and perhaps most disturbing of our stories tonight, and that's "The Color Out of Space" by H.P.
4: Lovecraft. Wow, so, something super cool for me to dive into. I, like you said at the top of the show, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft definitely something that's in the zeitgeist yes. these days. Um, you know, I played a lot of you know, Arkham Horror. I right. played a lot of a lot of I played a lot of games based off of H.P. Lovecraft. Um, right. But this is actually my first delve into actual H.P. Lovecraft.
2: Right, and I uh, as as kind of a younger kid is where I kind of stumbled onto him. Uh, really? H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft as a young kid. That's yeah, what he yeah and, and here's here's how I did it on accident. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, was I was gonna know. say that. Like, I know. I know. Yeah, that, that I Makes sense. And it's weird because because of the Evil Dead and and the Necronomicon. Okay. And there and you know how sometimes before the internet there was always there was always was like the 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 schoolyard um i guess you'd call it mythology that mm-hmm. you know people, kids would talk about that wasn't really true yeah. no, you know 95% it was just like them lying to you right 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 so so, so i was, stayed up last night and watched Skinnamax. yeah 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 something like that so um i remember kids saying that no like t- they that's real the necronomicon is real. It's a real book. Blah blah blah. And I remember kind of looking into it, going to the library and trying to find out. Turns out, I think it was in the seventies and eighties. Like 80s, without telling mom. Without yeah yeah. <laughs> without telling mom. The, I just to see little Bobby going up to the librarian. <laughs> Do you have a copy of the Necronomicon? Yeah. <laughs> and so so I found out through through a long process that that the Necronomicon, although there was one like written in the seventies, and I don't know what that's about. Um, but that there is a story by H.P. Lovecraft that's about the necronomicon okay. and this is where it comes from is this this book you know that you read it and you die or whatever um and so I started <laughs> sign me up sign me up and so I I remember reading a few of his things but unlike Howard which was kind of immediately accessible to me H.P. Uh, Lovecraft was always I kind of read it a little a few of them as a as a younger kid I you know I would say 11 12 mm-hmm. And it didn't resonate with me, and kind of it it's hard, dropped hard off. Hard to read, yeah. And yeah. it dropped off until I was then in college, you know, and I, I kind of brought it back because I, I think there's a there's a higher curve to accessibility with HP yep. Lovecraft. I think there's probably a lot of people out there who think they're big fans from playing games, yeah. but haven't accessed the actual material. Oh. And I, I would say it's it's very hard to access the actual actual material.
4: Yeah, I would um, I would equate it back to uh, Robert E Howard. Um, yeah. Di- like the initial dive into it is kind of like you know, you're you're just like stepping off into the beach, but there's a lot uh, of like, l- like lily pads and uh, seaweed, re- not yeah. seaweed. Uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, just reeds, reeds, just, and yeah. oh, it's all slimy, it's all weird, and I don't know. And then eventually, like it opens up, and like you really, yeah. you're able to dive into it. Right, it right. just there, there's like a. Aha right. moment right. if I can uh, quote.
6: Right. You and have to you have to force yourself to go through it. You do. have to force yourself to not get bogged down yeah. in everything else and look for the plot points. Look for where we're going with the story. And if you miss a couple things the first time around,
2: that's it's the wonderful right. things about books. You can go back and reread. <laughs> and and you know what I love rewind about, the book. What I love <laughs> about this is like when we talked about uh Robert E. Howard and I talked about the Ring of Thothamon and you know, mm-hmm. like how H.P. Lovecraft was doing the same thing that they're writing for pulps, you know, they're, they're 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 writing for these pulp magazines. In fact, these two guys actually kind of were friends, wrote letters back and forth to each mm-hmm. other, were in correspondence. They actually would insert little things about each other's mythology into their novels really cool. as little kind of back and forth kind of things. But I think one thing that's happened nowadays, especially with Lovecraft, is people have created an overarching mythology to the Cthulhu, which is probably his most famous creation, yeah. this Cthulhu yeah. mythos. But like the Ring of Thothamon from Robert E. Howard was just kind of... You know, I mean, he's writing for, for his money and his paycheck and bread. You know, he throws it in there without there really being an overarching story. I don't believe H.P. Lovecraft really ever had this overarching Cthulhu mythos. He wrote things that were connected tangentially, but not really, you know, and people posthumously have thrown everything together. And if you look at it with, um, you know, doing a little research
6: on this, uh, like I said before, I'm I like to do a little research on the author to figure out where things are going on. All the, like you said, Bob. Most of these guys in this time period, in Lovecraft's time period, they knew each other. They yeah. communicated back and right. forth. Granted, it was letters, so it took a little bit. More <laughs> yeah, time. right. Pen pals. Pen pals. Pen pals. Pen pals. But H.P. Uh, Lug- Lovecraft at this point was so was he was dismayed he didn't like how we had alien stories when he was when he was looking at this and color is actually a is actually hp lovecraft's response to every alien we see everywhere is way too human right i agree it's way too human one of the reasons one of his underlying things in color was i don't want a human like alien i want an alien yeah okay and with you and
2: with you saying that it should be said we've done our we are a a science fiction fantasy podcast. We've done our fantasy. Now, this is the scary sci fi end of what we do. So, this is actually uh, our podcast's first official podcast where we're doing something science fiction, right? Yeah, and quite, up. what you said, I believe H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, this is his favorite. As far as what he did in terms of creating weird characters, he stated himself that this was. What he thought was the best, correct, the best yes. take on a, yes. an alien creature that he because did. it was alien. That it's was very it, alien. It wasn't. So, it wasn't yeah. some
6: you know human hybrid. You know Star Trek dude dressed up in a costume yep. alien. This was his. I'm going to make something as
2: weird and as not human as possible. Right. 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 Let's stop talking about Lester. Let's, start talking Let's about get it. into it. So our setting is uh, west of Arkham in New England. I love this. Our narrator is never named. Nope. he's nope. a surveyor. So I like this. This is kind of I feel like an old timey thing to do, where you know it's just somebody writing about yeah. you know their experience, never given a name, and I like that because it puts you in that position. It and does, and I, and it does, and it, I it like takes the first person. Bit. What's that? I like the first
6: person. Yeah, yeah, I do. I like the first person, not named person. So like you said, Bob, yeah. this is feels like well, hey, I'm just the one sitting here watching this, writing my observations.
4: Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it, it takes a little bit, too, for you to, like, for surely, like, all of a sudden, it's not going to be like, and that's the last thing I heard, and all of a sudden, that person died. Like, right. I'm, I'm waiting for this person to pop in the story, but, the, like, you know, I don't...
3: Right. Part, I, part, but way, I will part, say, part
4: way through, I'm like, okay, they're
3: not this good. This was a hard story for me to get into. Oh, really? A, really? S- some parts of it, okay, yeah, but this first part, I'm sitting there going, we've got, what, four or five pages Kind of yeah. about nothing that is you, leading to a mystery. You, you know, it's you, just a shamble old town. I'm like, you, I don't care. I'm sorry. And
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna set up kind of. I think there's a distinction here. Again, I'm gonna keep kind of sometimes putting them against each other. Where, where we talked about Howard being this kind of gutsy, you know, civilization thing. I feel Howard writes with passion. Like there's a lot of inner turmoil and emotion. So you get tons of that. Whereas H.P. Lovecraft seems to be a lot of times devoid of emotion. It's very expository. Yeah, it, it's it's almost it's very. it's like a scientist coldly writing down facts without there being any morality brought in, without there being any, being any right or wrong or anything. It's like you're you're kind of so if you're, you're looking for emotion there isn't. It's it. You know, and, and I feel there's a big difference between those two authors in this. Correct, and it's very it's it's very expository. It's very
6: yeah. I'm going to give you the reader the information. You decide. you make your judgment. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a and this is going to be the weirdest comparison ever for anybody who's listening to this.
2: But it is actually quite Chaucerish. <laughs> Everybody had to go through that in high school. <laughs> oh my god, no, it's okay. But so, I, yeah, it's it's it, I do, I do really I
4: like it. You don't really. Get it for a while. It's it's right. a, it's a
2: lot of setup. A lot of setup, but right. the, the payoff. Right, is so worth. it. Yeah. so let's, Honestly, power the let's, let's power through this. Let's power through setup. Yeah,
3: I, I just I just have to say that setup was too much for me. It, really, that setup made the rest of the story so hard for me to get into. Right, and because normally I'm I'm good with like a page, two page, especially when I'm reading a story that's kind of supposed to be a short story, but not yeah. really. You know, a medium yeah. length one where I just went. I'm the setup is too much right
4: now for me. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is where we're, we're drawing the line, Paul. This is this is what I like. I like uh-huh. all this like preamble. I like all this like there's all this mystery sprinkled up. And like what, what you were saying, like th- there was never any like true like A to B timeline for HP Lovecraft stuff. Like what what, yeah. what I was picking up, like all of a sudden that went missing. All of a sudden that went missing it was yeah. like this cult of Cthulhu. Right. knew what happened and what came and like stole stuff. Oh, right, right, that's, right. That's, that's what I'm picking up already just with a right. little bit of HP Lovecraft right. I know. And, you know, by the time like this meteor hits, the scientists are there, the scientists leave. It's after the scientists leave. Right. That's when the story is just like gets
6: really good. I, I agree.
2: crap. Yeah.
6: Okay, so let's jump into Chekhov's gun here. Right. And look at what we're supposed to be looking at in all this setup. <laughs> Bob?
2: Yeah. All right. So we we go into the surrounding hills. it's said it's a Salvador Rosa landscape, and we're instantly talked about or told about this place called the Blasted Heath. And I love yes. I love this name. It's very Puritan. We've been talking about Puritans and New Englandish. I just love it. It's the Blasted Heath. And you
4: know what? It, it, it does say New England. I never feel New England. Uh huh. I feel you know the uh, Northern Irish town that's outside of. I, we've been to Arkham a couple of times. Yeah. But we live north of it and we don't, we don't really go south too much. You don't you don't feel the New England, you don't feel
2: it's wicked good? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Battle of the Accents. But, yeah, so what is the, the Blasted Heath? Is this big area that's been that looks like it's been burnt by acid, yep. right? It's all kind of grayish. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, in my mind, there's a well there, or kind of a ruined well, and there's kind of what's left of a fireplace yep. from a from a house, right? Like a, a great stone kind of fireplace, right? Yep. He ends up going back to town and asking about uh, what 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 people are calling the strange days, right? What I love is it's they call it the strange days, and it happened in the eighties the 1880s. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, and now yeah, we've yeah, got yeah. a Stranger Things that happens in the 1980s, Ooh. and I don't know, but I remember seeing the trailer for that, and it looks like some sort of Cthulhu thing in the clouds. That is so good. Uh-huh. The Upside
4: Down is definitely the the gray decaying farm. Oh.
2: La, 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 la,
6: la. I'm not that far yet. I haven't <laughs> even seen that it That came out
2: a year ago, so. we've, we've cracked the code. This is it. There it is. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So... He goes back to talk to this this man we're introduced, named Amy Pierce. And I feel if there's anybody who is who's fleshed out in here as a character, you went it's with a man named Amy. Ami, I believe Ami. I went with Ami. Okay, yeah, sorry, yeah. Ami. Ami Pierce, right? He's got the white beard, unkempt clothes. See, we need to call each other about what we're calling you. <laughs> um, <laughs> droopy eyes, uh, you know, kind of a good, dis- kind of this weird. You know, I'm feeling this kind of woodsman kind of, you know, yeah. kind of... Uh, again, but it, it sets up this whole kind of off feel. Like, you kind of instantly feel through the eyes of our narrator that this would be a place you're not comfortable with. This, this Right? Like, the people are odd things that have gone on are odd and you know isn't Ami kind of shunned by
3: the other well, is people alleged
6: crazy man
3: yeah, yeah he's the crazy guy he's the he's the one that everybody else kind of has because he believes avoid. the story they avoid him yeah, he, be- he
6: believes the story about the the property of uh what's the dude's name
2: nahum yep so here's the thing that's kind of weird um looking into this Ami i don't think uh he was called this by accident because Ami or Aman is the name of the uh, illegitimate son, one of the illegitimate sons of Lot from the Bible. Mm -hmm. Okay, so from the story, right, after fleeing Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, which was destroyed by things falling from the sky. Yes. Right? Uh, Yeah, and there's this whole thing where Lot's daughters end up thinking for some reason that they're the last people on earth and they sleep with their dad. And and end up with kids out of it. One of those kids is me. To be fair, that's because Lot's wife turned around when she wasn't supposed to. And. And who turns around in this book when he, the last one to turn around? I feel like H.P. Lovecraft is making some allusions to this, and not like it's supposed to be one for one, you know, interpreted this way. But I feel that there, what he's brilliant at doing is kind of taking again this what would be in in nineteen twenties, thirties America. In everybody's mind, you know, there'd be so many people would have known this Bible story. There'd be these touchstones to people you know, that he's kind of hearkening back to, mm-hmm. okay. which I think is pretty, pretty cool, actually. Oh, it's, uh, Ami and Nahum. Ami and Nahum,
3: yep, yeah. Na- yeah, Na- Nahum
2: Nahum
3: <laughs> is the farmer.
6: Yep,
2: who, yeah. owned, who owns the cursed farm when the, that our Meteorite. Meteorite, meteorite crashes. Yeah, yeah so see. let's, yeah, there's this farm, yeah, that's run by Nahum, and, and this meteorite falls, uh, and, and, uh, it kind of becomes a big thing. It's the talk of the, the town. Yes, the, the small rural town. Everything starts out pretty good. Yeah. yeah. For these guys, right? Scientists show up. Yeah, exactly. It landed by the this well. There's a well outside, right? <laughs> and it lands right by it. The Nahum Gardner house. Right? It was June in 82. 1882. Uh, Nahum, by the way, is an anagram of the word human. Oh, I never I did, that, did wow. that. Wow, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Gardner? Yeah, as in like a somebody who tends to a garden. Yeah, yeah. and Naam is also the biblical biblical minor prophet who predicted the destruction of the Assyrian em, empire. From Nineveh, uh, H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> God, is I love you. all kinds of weird can things we just keep at the going? wall. Okay,
4: here. you guys. There, there are meteorites hitting the ground. <laughs> there are yes. aliens. And you guys are hung up on the Bible. Okay. <laughs> but,
6: but okay, that's okay so we have cool. this We have this stone, and the stone is really hot, and it never stops being really hot. Right. Exactly. You
3: just can smell it gets smaller. Well, yeah, it's not even a stone. It's like a, a plastic... A globule. A, yeah, a globule. It's a silicone... Awesome. I, I, love, I, love I love
4: these descriptions. Globule. The, the uh-huh. overusage of globule is totally <laughs> awesome. And yeah. I love these descriptions of the
6: colors. Because yeah. you can't refer to the color as red or blue and green. Right. No, you
2: have to tell a whole analogy. Yep. Yes. Yep. And you know what? I'm going to throw it out here. I do not think this should ever be made into a movie. No. Because no, I don't couldn't. think you can. Because what is described needs to be... Through the written word and in your mind, because no movie can show colors that we've never seen in this universe. Absolutely. Yes, you know. So this this is a already if you're a if you're a screenwriter, do not do this. Well, because actually, this it, is impossible to if, do. It, right.
4: If you want to talk about science, we do have the visible spectrum, and like our eyes cannot see colors that are outside of the visual vi- the visual spectrum. But right. We'll, we'll keep going. And like so it. the stone is eventually destroyed by a.
2: Well, I don't know. It's not destroyed. It's yeah, a, it's, it disappears. It's it slowly it disappears. 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 It slowly disappears. Yeah. This is Let's go. take no, that I, again so we don't do sorry. that. Sorry. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was a bolt of lightning. Oh, oh no, that happens. Yeah, well, but... It's struck by it. Yeah, it like multiple, multiple times. La- many later on. Later on. Yeah, later yeah. On. Okay, yeah we're exactly not there yet. Long. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Um... But yeah, but this was, I guess, happened back when uh, Amy was 40, and then all these, these three professors come from... I love that it's Miskatonic University. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we have played a little bit of Arkham Horror, yep. and you're always running back to Miskatonic University. You are. So I did feel like a layperson, like, I'm not a real Lovecraft guy, I just know the game. <laughs> but there's Miskatonic yeah. University, loved it. Um, but Nahum says that the asteroid had shrunk, yeah, like you said, it was soft and plastic-like. Um, they take a specimen in a pail and do tests tests on it. I just love this. This is so like 1950s mystery, you know, as to what they're
6: doing. Well, and it's, ni- it's 1950s mystery. It's 1950s, you know, nuclear scare
2: as well Ooh. because we have these crops that are coming up. Much larger than they're supposed to be, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I like this. Um, and this, this is where this thunderstorm happens, right? Nahum mm-hmm. says that a thunderstorm came and that lightning seemed to be drawn to the meteor, and now the meteor has disappeared. But we're led to I believe I yeah. later on it has gone down the well. I was gonna say it always talks
3: about like whenever they took
2: specimens
3: from the the meteor, yeah, within Those a week or two, it, that would disappear It'd as disappear. well. And that, that's so, that's, and, that's kind of where I got
4: this cult of Cthulhu thing. Oh, I was, just... I, because they brought it back to Arkham, back to the city, that it got stolen. See, Oh. Okay. I oh. I just
3: went with it was and, part of the magical, like a, a part of the trait of whatever that was, okay. that it just kind of... The globule. And, yeah. I, and, <laughs> I, and,
2: I, and I do think, and I'm, I'm not sure, I'm sure there's H.P. Lovecraft, you know, uh, professors out there that could set us all straight, um, but I my gut is that he wasn't setting... I don't even think he set this up as a, a Cthulhu mythos tale. This is a separate, just alien this invasion. Is, this is, this is always tale. like everything With, like that. I dive into that is Cthulhu. Well, this it is right. but, always, but this is before. Like, but I think it has been made. Uh, the connection has been made. You yeah. know, you can make connections through Miskatonic University to all this. You know, uh, uh, it's it's it. It speaks to his writing that it's there's just enough hooks there that you can then thread this entire mythos together. You know what I'm saying? Well,
6: and all this stuff that's going on here, too, and it's um, not the 50s, I'm sorry, it's the 20s. It is, so there's no
2: nuclear scare. but, but, But There's
6: no nuclear scare, but we are getting into this agriculture. You know, we are in the 20s and the 30s and 40s and everything else. We are, there is this whole American... Agriculture and this whole world agriculture thing that we're working on, and how do we get more crops? Right. How do we get better and crops? How do we re-irrigate the land? Right. And so I think that there's a lot of this from Lovecraft himself, kind of doing the whole like, wait, maybe we don't want to mess too much with nature, right? <laughs> yeah, that because no. we get the overgrown crops here, and the overgrown crops, we find out, oh, everybody's looking at them and Oh, this is great. And look at right. gardener, you know. Look at gardeners, you know football sized ear of corn oh
2: wait it's ineligible yeah and you know it tastes like crap when when i read this one of the things that i am struck with right away is how very rural a lot of this feels like so you know pull back the veil i i've grown up uh, actually i think a lot of us have grown up in pretty small communities or i grew up in the country right i think for the his audience uh you know which a lot of them would have been kind of rural people um a lot of this would have a lot of you know, would really kind of have a lot of resonance with them. Like all these descriptions of crops and how they're failing. Weird descriptions of kind of mundane things, like rabbits that hop just a little bit
1: too like hard. they shouldn't too far. Like
2: what they shouldn't. And all of that stuff as you know, like a kid growing up in the country, you're instantly like, oh that's weird. Oh yeah. that's weird. You know, I don't know if modern culture, if there's a lot of people that a lot of this stuff would have as much power with. You know, if you're living in suburbia, you know. Actually, I think Bob, I think that adds to the
6: mystery of it too. Yeah. Because if you look at this time period, your city readers and stuff who really don't have an understanding of country life to begin true, with, true, true, it adds that much more mystery because of the fact that okay. The, country pe- the things that go on in the country to the city people are a little odd to begin with. Right. We add this extra set of oddness on there and it makes true, it true. that much more
2: like I don't want to go to the country. Including the part that's really weird to me that actually made me go like, oh, that's really bizarre. Is that the local boys shoot a woodchuck, which is slightly odd in its proportion uh, proportions. They say something about its face being even yeah, a little yeah. bit. And you're just kind of like, God, that's... I love just some sort of mutation where, like, the skull feels like too big
6: for the right. skin. What I love yeah. is that
2: Lovecraft doesn't go too far; like, he just takes what's normal and just twists it just, just slightly to make slightly. it odd. Yeah, and it, and, it doesn't but it gives it you an icky feeling in some. Lar- lar- There's not a larger- third arm growing yeah. out of yeah. the back. Yeah. yeah, it's just
3: and they're not going to sci-fi I, channel this. I one. like how <laughs> the descriptions of the mutations aren't. Too in depth. It's mm-hmm. enough to let yeah. your imagination. Yeah, everything yeah. In this is just, go from there. It's mm-hmm. perfect. I yep. I will say, is this is starting to get me into it a little bit right. more, and then all of a sudden the, the like plant life around the house
2: around the farm is luminous. It starts glowing yeah. in the dark. Yeah, and I like it they talk about but it's 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 very hard to see. It's yes. hard to see and I like yeah. isn't here where they start talking about how the trees can they sometimes move and sway when there's no mo- wind against, breeze. Yeah. against yeah. the wind or against
1: or, or, And again yeah. it's that
6: it's the little thing. It's not like blasted mutation coming Yeah, out.
2: yeah it's they, just they, these it, slight things like
6: is that supposed to happen? Yep.
2: Yeah. Again, the, what the, I would say trees, is things that wouldn't play well in a movie. Yeah, the but trees play well in your mind. The yes. trees yeah. burn prematurely. Yes.
4: And at night they swayed ominously in the wind. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy cool. Like, oh yeah! I like, it, like eventually it starts talking about how, like how they re- the way they reach up. Like it's mm-hmm. the trees. The, everything starts changing colors. It's um, the winter was weird. The woodchuck was weird. The plants are getting weird. It's like we're we're getting this very slow picture, almost as if. We lived there, right? It's very slowly over like the course of a
6: year, and very slowly along with all of this, we start to see the humans that are here Ooh, being affected right. as well, and we start right. to have this you know weird aspect with Gardner himself, where right. he starts closing off his family from right. the outside well, world, and you know I'm I'm thinking you know I'm thinking that, you know the crazy guy who's building
2: a bunker right and yeah. I, you know I like this because again we're instantly kind of told so why where did the scientists go you know and, and that kind of thing and it's, it's very quick I mean the samples they took have disappeared they think the meteorite has disappeared and now every, what everybody's saying about like you know the, the woodchuck had a weird look to him and the well, rabbits and are jumping a little weird. Nobody believes them. They no, think it's a bunch of say... rustic musings, yeah. and they don't care. Uneducated be... country folk. Yeah, uneducated well, country It's because
3: the boys also threw the woodchuck, if I remember correctly. The yeah, boys they don't, don't even have it around. It. Yeah, yeah, They yeah. have no proof, so it's just kind of like, oh, uh, you guys are crazy. Country
6: yeah. musings. <laughs> just yeah. country and then, musings. And then we start, again, and then we start having these weird inclinations with the humans where... Mm-hmm. We maybe Gardner's a little off, but we're really pushed on his wife becoming a little off. Oh, she and becomes this more is so off
2: creepy and, and creepy,
6: <laughs> and eventually his kid comes in here too, and. Yeah. He can't do anything with him so let's lock him in grabbs yeah. in the attic. I, I love this oh they it, say like it, it's
4: super subtle it's like they, it, it's it, she's not like very outwardly crazy it's just like she just starts seeing stuff
2: and talk and then eventually she starts talking in verbs and pronouns yeah yeah oh and without using nouns. the way that is written is beautiful. Oh, I just love the way he writes this stuff, yeah. And then by July, and and this is always creeping me, this she's crawling on all fours. Yeah. You know, and again, the way he writes it, it's almost like you're writing reading a newspaper article About this, so instead of sometimes in a in a even like modern uh, horror movies where you know everybody's crawling around on all fours who cares anymore it's not scary. Well, there's no judgment. There's yeah. This here sounds kind of real, and you're like, it's like you're reading about the next door neighbor, and you'd be like, oh oh my god, like yeah. Oh, she's crawling on all fours, and and she's speaking. It 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 was about this time that name got
4: the mad notion that she was
2: slightly luminous in the dark. Yeah, but again, rustic musings. That's not really happening.
6: Yeah, cool and, and. like you said, Bob, it's it's just it's reported. We're not meant to go. Oh my God, she's being weird. It's just here are
4: her yeah. actions. Yeah. Here's what's happening. You make the judgments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you as it's, the it's, reader make yeah, the judgments. Yeah, yeah, It's right about at this point though. Like I'm, I'm almost forgetting that. Like I'm hearing a
0: story. Yeah, I,
4: I'm taking it. Like I, I'm 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 in this house. I'm in this glowing weird field. This weird glowing house with a weird glowing wife. It's. it's and I'm the complete opposite. I have reached where
3: it is... I feel like I'm three steps away from it because it is a guy talking to another guy about what he oh, I don't saw. Feel I, don't,
4: I don't feel that And it's whatsoever. one of those
3: where I, I feel like I'm a little too far away from it. If they had just maybe started with Amos or something like that where... Right. I don't need that extra mm, that extra it. guy mm. that just kind of... Right. Distances me too much. I need that emotion. I need that a little closer.
4: I'm creeped
3: out.
2: And now, I mean, I'm creeped
3: out too, but at the same time, I'm distant. I go, well, this is a report. Okay. Of a
2: report, okay. and this, this and again to me, I it's ratcheting up. Where again, I'm with the you, Luke, I'm starting to feel it, this is getting very horrific to me. It's, it's
4: ratcheting up, but in like a strangely realistic way.
2: In a realistic way, and that's what I think is lending to the it's, horror it's, it's of June, it. It's June. It's July. Be- it's September. You believe this yeah. is happening, and it says Thaddeus then eventually goes mad as well, yep. talking about colors down the well, and he's locked in a room across from his mother, where they then scream at each other in a language not of earth, mm-hmm. and it says. Oh, like I just have this kind of weird country pioneerish house with this, you know, du- dingy oh, yeah, upstairs yeah. where they're just screaming at each other through the walls. It's just creepy. Yeah,
4: Thaddeus went mad after uh, September. After all, the vegetation was fast crumbling to a grayish powder. And Dude, even the,
6: even the cows are I crumbling to grayish did, powder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did really like is... that,
3: where like everything starts to crumble. Yeah, exactly. It's and killing and, and everything. And
6: it's not, but it's not. You know, it's not. Dot. It's not. It's not going through and you know like we would think of natural death is yeah, yeah. that description of it's crumbling. crumbling and i have i have the pictures yeah. in my head of the livestock like le- like stone yeah.
4: leprosy yeah 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 i agree their right. nose will fall off yeah
3: and yeah. they're yeah. still walking
2: they're you still alive over the, but you stumble just, over the wrong stone and you just <laughs> yeah Turn to dust. Yep. Then, uh, then Thaddeus eventually dies, and it's. It, it, I like how they don't really describe things; they just say they buried what was left. I, I love this this part right here. I
4: love this. It's like things that shall not be talked about. Yeah, like, like yeah. Like they put, like yeah. they put in a like they put them in a dustpan. And went out to
6: the backyard. <laughs> yeah, and put them yeah. A yeah board. it's it left a, it's like, like, left to your left. imagination. That's what I love is it's oh, left to your imagination, so which is so always so better bad. than a description as and, to what happened. Yeah, and these why these wonderful images is you know people are dying and things are crumbling.
2: Yep. I just have like the baggie of Thaddeus being brought. To a <laughs> <hole>. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maywin goes missing. He went for water. Um, all they find is a crushed lantern and a melted pail by the well. So we kind of think. Yeah. Uh, and I know what, that he what fell his, down. His screams it. were answered faintly from the attic, Ugh, where the mother still sits. Yep. Well, we get Ami visiting yeah. again, and I absolutely love when he visits here because this is just so creepy. When he goes out oh so, to it's search for so Nam's yes. wife. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh. Oh, so I love this. Ami comes and searches for Nam's wife, and he finds her in the room, and it's, it's the stench and just. The visuals that are created in your mind.
4: Thaddeus has been dead for a while already. Uh, He went crazy after her. And it's like the fact that she's still there.
2: Yeah. Because you you know that Nahum himself then has gone crazy. And has been just neglecting her. he, He also then
3: has that one other son that just aimlessly follows his directions. That I find extremely creepy is that one son that goes insane and then the one son that will mm, just... Mm-hmm. Xenaeus. Xenaeus, thank
6: Xenaeus, you. Xenaeus, the last, and I love the Alpha and Omega aspect here of the last surviving son is named Xenaeus. No way. I...
2: Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yes, yes, okay. And But Zenaeus just disappears. Yep, yeah, right. <laughs> he just, yeah. into the wild. He just,
3: poof,
6: well,
2: into he, the wild. They but opened I... the
3: door and he ran out. Yeah, yeah. Right. but the
6: last surviving... And I always... I, they never really give us a huge description on the kids, but, and I know it's because I have a ten-year-old, but it I always picture Zanaeus being younger than the rest of them. Uh-huh. Um, when I look at this, but yeah, that that whole alpha and omega, that the last son's name starts with Z. I yeah. Yeah, whether right. it was intentional or not, I, think I don't that's know. A, I, I really I think, think that's, that's a cool. little cool drop.
2: That is cool. That is cool. Mm. So Ami flees home. I mean, he can't take. Oh, wait! I gotta back up. I love. He comes back down the stairs. And has his last words, right with with Nam. Yes,
4: with Nam. Um,
2: uh, well, it's the wife's body like
4: crumbles. Like it, it seems like it's just like this weird like flaky, brittle statue, and it moves as it like crumbles, and this something escapes the room behind him. He hears some weird like uh, splatting downstairs. The horse freaks out outside and runs away. Yeah, um,
2: it is so good. The description, yeah. and then he covers oh, up what's right. left, or he like put doesn't he throw a sheet or yeah. something over his again. Again, ah, uh,
4: more of this like things that shall not be named.
2: Yeah, I, he gives just enough and Whoa. not enough, Whoa. so that what all this horror is being created pretty much in your in mm. your mind, and what I'm picturing is horrific, and I and I love it, and it feels real, and Lovecraft is leading you there. Yeah,
6: it's he's leading you there with just enough of the little you know Hansel right. and Gretel breadcrumbs so that you're following along, to all of a sudden where your brain can go, oh my
2: god, what the heck am I looking at? Yeah, I agree. But I he's agree. not telling you what you're looking at. You've completely made that up yourself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which I love. I love that. Um, so Ami uh, returns with three officers along with the coroner, medical examiner, and a vet, um, and everybody is shocked at the crumbling masses of Nam and his wife. Um, they, uh... They find the boys at the bottom of the well. They, they, they yep. say that the dust of Nahum and his wife give off a color, just like the meteor when they had taken mm-hmm. stuff out of that. Um, and they decide well, they, to... They, this is when they decide to empty and explore this well. Yeah. And it says Maewyn and Zinnia are both down the well, uh, along mm-hmm. with some animals. Yeah, other than that, it's, it's, it's implied, but I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, there's, like, this weird glowing color coming from down the well. Right, and this is now when we're, we're now reaching the climax then of this novel, right? Oh. Where, where everybody, all these investigators are in the house um, and the coroner notices, yeah, this glow around the well and then all of a sudden, this is where everything just goes, starts falling apart, Yeah, right? Yep. This color beam shoots out of the well, into the sky, into the stars, right? Um, and and I, I just love this use of language that, that, that is used here. This color beam just shoots out of the well and it's like surrounding the house, kind of penetrating the house. And I mean, these the men this is where you get this kind of the men's minds just kind of break under underneath this. And I just I love this because what Lovecraft does so well is create something that is not anything of this earth. It's so undescribable. I don't think anybody can really even tell you what any of this is. No. There's globules, there's light that's not light. I don't know, but it's so otherworldly, and I love that. It's something that, like, feeble man, when confronted with, can't fathom. And just, their mind just breaks under it. And, and I love it. And feeble men can't fathom, and so what do we do as feeble
6: men? We run away. Yeah. <laughs> and so everybody runs away. You brought up lot. You brought up the Lot reference earlier. Right. We have this moment of everybody running away, and... Yet we have Pierce who turns around. He's the one yeah. to turn around to see. Oh, God. Okay, so all that's there, but there's the one little trickle of light that went back. Oh, through.
2: yeah. I love this about how everything shoots into space, but we do know one little trickle of light fell back into the well. Whatever was there is still there. And I, I, I just I just love this. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at which point,
6: at which point our, our Ami Pierce... Kind of goes cuckoo for Cocoa
2: Puffs. It, kind of, it, <laughs> oh, yeah. it
6: messes with his head and he just can't handle it.
2: Yeah, right, right. Um, and so uh, we're left with the five acres of dusty gray desert remains. Nothing grows there. It is the blasted blasted heath. And I, I just I just love this. Um, and, and it should be said, I don't know if we ever said, the reason he's there, our main protagonist, is that he's kind of surveying it because they're going to... To build like a, a dam, right? And the whole place yep. is gonna yep. be flooded.
6: One of the things that really creeps me out here, Bob, is yeah. you being the history guy and looking at this. This was published in twenty seven.
2: It actually we go happened. into the
6: Great We go into the Great Depression in twenty nine mm-hmm. and it actually happened. Yeah. The entire southern half of the United States became this gray dust mm-hmm. surrounded by nothing that would grow and that nothing that we could do. And it's two years after this was published, and I think that lends a lot to
2: and it has to, to do to, with to, agriculture and food. Exactly. And, yeah. And so I think that lends a lot to, you know, the Lovecraft, you know, mythology that goes along yeah, with yeah, it here. Yeah. No, it, it really is. Uh, I just, I don't know. I just love this, this mythos. But I don't know. Let's go around the table. That, that's the end of it. What do you guys think of the color out of space? I, I think I'm going to be the only one here who
3: says I really didn't enjoy this story that much. I enjoyed some of the horror aspect. I enjoyed parts of it. The first part threw me off. Maybe I read it in the wrong place. Maybe I read it at the wrong time. I know I read it uh, at work over my lunch where I was sitting there. And maybe that was my issue. But I got scared for some parts of it. But at the same time, I was too detached from it. And for somebody that's like me, when I'm reading, I want that emotion. I need that emotion. That's why I am reading a book is to feel something i have i haven't felt before and i feel like if it was through the perspective of amy or amy amy sorry <laughs> if it, if it was through the perspective of amy i would have liked it even more i would have liked it i should say where i would have been terrified because Ami was terrified i don't i don't know that it didn't hit me as much as i think it should i've read other lovecraft and i like those stories, this one just didn't hit it for me. And I understand what you're saying, Paul, too. Because
6: reading this and then reread re-looking over my notes, I completely forgot about the surveyor.
5: Mm.
6: In my head, oh, okay. I and it was my, you. In my head, I was Ami. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. I get it. In my head I was Ami. I wasn't Ami telling the story to the other guy who's telling the story to us. We had the surveyor that set everything up at the beginning. In my head, I in my head this was me going through the stages as Ami. Mm. Okay, maybe okay. that
3: that might have gotten me more. I, I agree, but yeah, so that definitely. And it's Lovecraft.
6: Love Lovecraft takes a while
2: to get into. Yeah, no, oh, I, yeah, you know, and like Paul, you, I I I'm I'm kind of with you in some ways on the fact that I I did enjoy this this book, but in or this story. But in all honesty, if I were to choose. This would probably be at the bottom of my list because I'm with you where I do feel one of the problems of Lovecraft is that although he creates really awesome mythos and this uh, proven by Cthulhu, which is still around to this day mm-hmm. and maybe only getting bigger is at the top of its game, um, they are very emotionless. I, uh, uh, most HP Lovecraft, I would dare, dare say is devoid of emotion and i think that kind of goes to who hp lovecraft was as a person and who who maybe howard was as a person that you have authors who can pump a lot of you know emotion into their writing and and lovecraft is not he's more about this kind of man as being feeble and not understanding the cosmos and how the you know that the grandeur of the cosmos is not the awe that astronomers feel, but everything is dark and will come in and, you know, break your mind, you know. And that's that's cool, but at the same time, it's very devoid of emotion a lot of the times. And I, I'm with you. I never get attachment to characters. I just find myself going, well, that was scary and that was cool. But I wouldn't live here. This is not my meat and potatoes. You know, this thing.
6: And that, I I dropped this a bunch in the beginning. That's Lovecraft. That's this type of expository writing where it's give the reader the information, let you make your judgments, let you figure out if you want, what side you want to be on or if you even want to be on a side.
5: Mm -hmm.
4: Luke. What do you think? What are your thoughts here, my friend? No, I love it. I love this. um, It gives this it gives you space to explore it. it. It is devoid of emotion, but it's where I feel the emotion. It's where it's nihilistic and more of like a grand scheme. It's yeah. the, the universe sucks. Uh, yeah. Aliens are coming down. Everything's going to die. And it's like really the feeling I got at the end of this was like, you know, this alien lives down the bottom of the well. Mm-hmm. Um, this place is about to become a dam, a reservoir. What does this alien want? Right. Water. must have spread through water and it's like i kind of got this feeling of like oh well the world is just screwed right yeah i i I, this was kind of my portal into i i like i said i i'm familiar with cthulhu right and like i mean even like azathoth like other lovecraftian bad guys and this is i want more right I want more Lovecraft, and I want it now.
2: Yeah, and you know, you know what? I love this this kind of what we're we're looking at here with, especially these two authors. I'm skipping over Wagner because he's an author of the '70s, but if we're looking at these two who are contemporaries of each other, I do feel that when we're talking about Howard, we're talking about a, an older view of humankind and his view of like man as as even though savage um, has destiny in his hand, right? So even okay. like when he talks about uh, Conan or something, he's like, uh, Conan's god, Krom, uh, gives you only what you need when you're born. Like, only gives you breath of life. From there, you have to take it. You know, that like kind of almost manifest destiny, or you make your own world. Um, and they, that probably had a lot of resonance with the people at the time. Okay. Right? Whereas now I think maybe why Lovecraft is so popular is because he does have that mankind i i have no control over things you know everything is out of my control maybe because of where we're sitting with modern governments and everything else you know people feeling out of control that people feel that like maybe the modern age technology everything else you know this idea of being out of control and there's you know you know, maybe pull back the veil and everything is not being controlled by a benign entity, but everything's evil and awful. You know, I don't know. Well, I think it
6: speaks to the two different sides. You have Howard who humans are, like you said, humans are in control. You're in control of part of your own fate. Whereas you go to Lovecraft Oh, no. You're not at all. You're not the high. You are not the highest thing. You are part of this whole bigger grand scheme aspect. And by the way, the grand scheme wants to take you out. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Most of Lovecraft. Most of Lovecraft. But, you know, Howard sets up humans as, you know, you look at Solomon Kane. Right. Solomon Cain is the, you know, the justice warrior. Yeah. You know, has the yeah. control over the evil. They're still kind of the pinnacle of creation. Correct. In a way. Pin- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. The pinnacle of creation. Yeah. Whereas with Lovecraft, we're all just part of
2: this huge right. swirling mass rolling through space. Right. And that should be brought up. Color out of space. Was that creature even evil? Maybe yeah. not. It's just doing its life surviving. cycle and exactly. surviving. And these people just were caught in its whatever it was doing. You know, which I kind of like. Yeah. This coldness to the universe that we sometimes get trapped in. We are
4: going to get out of here, though. Uh, I would just... Happy Halloween, everybody. This is uh, just yeah. sort of a little surprise yeah. for all of our listeners. We are so thankful uh, just for anybody who's even listening to this. It's crazy. <laughs> I have... We started this back in July, and, right. you know, I was, I was hoping for 20 listeners. Uh, you guys yeah. are blowing us away.
6: Yeah. Hey, and I tell you what, we're all when we get back into our regular shows, we're going back into the feedback. We will hit you up. We will talk about you. We will talk with you. We want to have the conversation. It's not just us babbling into the microphone. Please hit us up at uh, Dungeons & Dweebs on Facebook. Hit us up at Dungeons & Dweebs podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Twitter, everything else. Please, we love the feedback. We want to hold that conversation back and forth with you. We'll and, buy you a couple drinks even.
3: And you know what? Make sure everybody stays safe. Enjoy your Halloween and have a fun. Yeah, party. you
2: know what is scary what? is that four adult mm-hmm. men can sit in a second story room in the Great mm-hmm. North Woods and have people actually listen. That is, that is scary.
4: scary. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Well, guys, this plastic pumpkin ain't gonna go somewhere. Like, I'm out of here. <laughs> All right, at hey, right. hey, go. go. Hey, Paul, come here. I got you. I got you. Let's go scare some
3: kids. Yeah. All right, let's go. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dungeons & Dweebs. There's even more adventuring to be had at our website, DungeonsAndDweebs.com. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at DungeonsAndDweebsPodcast at gmail.com. You can also find Dungeons & Dweebs on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Find all those links at DungeonsAndDweebs.com. If you enjoyed the podcast,
6: please help spread the word by giving us a 5-star review on iTunes. The music
3: for Dungeons & Dweebs is Fatal Fight by Royalty Free Kings and can be found at their website, RoyaltyFreeKings.com. Dungeons & Dweebs is a Tim Gilbert Media production, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. And no part of the show can be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the
5: written permission of Tim Gilbert Media.